0: Talk Brunch. Served hot.
1: Talk Brunch Live. Rick Darra Captain Brunch here. Dustin Frazier.
2: Welcome to the greatest podcast of the 21st century. Beach <laughs> House. <laughs> you had a monkey ass catchphrase like that, it'd be shame. Yeah
1: we got a lot to bring to you tonight, folks. Thank you for joining us once again. I know it's only been a short 24 hours, if not less or more, depending on your time zone. From when we brought you the post-show last night, So backlash, almost blacklash, if it would have gone a different way.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, but tonight we're going to get into some stuff that's been going on in the world of wrestling, some federations that are going to be returning After a long hiatus Wrestling schools that are going to be opening Wrestlers angry at other wrestlers And exchanging words that they may wish to take back someday Takedown notices from indie companies Copyrights, arguments All kinds of heat Across the wrestling world As well as some new information that is broken About what happened in Saudi Arabia Now that people are angry they're starting to talk Like I told you was eventually going to come out And uh yeah rest in peace certain action figures go over the weeklies and uh the big change obviously paul Heyman's departure and what it means for creative all of that and a special edition of rick's rant where i have some stuff to say in regards to the community and other communities and us and other people and so on and so forth don't worry don't freak out at me that'll be bad and you with the face and especially the you. face. Yeah, you with the you with the face over there, you little pasty bastard. You you know uh, who you we are. We see you motherfucker. We see you.
2: Don't turn away, bitch. <laughs> yeah.
1: Don't turn off now. not
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Don't> be cigar.
1: <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so, what is going on? Uh, nothing much. I
2: mean, it's been quite the fun week, of course. Thank you, everybody who hung out for Blacklash Post Show last night. That was a blast.
1: Yes, thank you. There, there were, uh, were we're simulcasting now. We'll, we'll see how long that lasts, and I'm going to get into why in a little bit during the Ricks rant. But uh, we're simulcasting, so we're also we're on Mixer, which is our home base over here. I consider at this point we're on TalkBrunch.com, but we're also at uh now we're simulcasting to Twitch and YouTube, as well as Twitter on Twitter's Periscope live feed over there. So we have it across the board here. That being said, thank you. There were about a hundred of you live, which might not be a lot to some people, but hey, a hundred live simultaneously because we looked over there during the poll show yesterday. So thank you to that. Even if you're just lurking and not typing, great, thank you. Thanks for the support. And if you are decide to type, um also thank you as well.
2: Yeah, uh, we don't bite. Yeah,
1: yeah, we really don't. And I'm just noticing a lot more uh, activity going on and that's cool. You know, we really appreciate that. Uh, we're very patient about those kind of things, and yeah, that's about it. So, what do you want to go start yeah. this with?
2: Uh, I mean, hell, we talk about returns. Uh, after backlash, we got the return of the last ride, episode four.
1: They should change the name of it to the longest ride. <laughs>
2: right? <laughs> you don't take two weeks off and then be like the last one. I like, went this ride to end, but yeah. um. <laughs> Yeah, really good episode, as usual. It gets better every time. Um, this episode started off a little bit different. I think they kind of went, uh, Mark Calloway took us back through um, the career of The Undertaker, talking about how he would basically made up his mind, say, 30 years ago, that this was going to be him all the time, because they always, you always heard you hear that phrase back in the day, protect the business, pretty much don't let them see who you really are. He literally decided, I'm dead man all day, every day. To the point where they even talked about, and I think they showed footage every now and then where you see him, and he legit was that guy the whole time, and everybody else is just all normal, happy do lucky. They showed us uh, Scott Hall almost giving him a little smirk, and he's just no selling everything. Yeah, now I did um, see, and
1: I did see. Not to cut you off, but I did in passing, just having the WWE network in the background catch. I think part of what you're talking about, where he spoke a little bit about how this this character, he took it as an investment, and uh, yeah. if you are. Uh, if you see like with some people you see this guy here and he's in this gimmick, but then you see him doing some other thing you start to take the character less seriously and then now it's common for that kind of stuff to happen but back then he just wanted to be this character and and even uh there were I forget who it was it might have been Kurt Angle but it, or, or someone but someone mentioned that they felt like they knew more about the Undertaker than about the actual guy mark
2: that was uh that was actually Mick Foley right Foley right. said he hasn't called him Mark in 20 years.
1: Yeah, and he just talked about how he wanted this to be a work. So it's kind of funny because a lot of people thought, oh man, this guy's really obsessed with the gimmick. And when you really think about it, no, he looked at it as a good business move. Like, I want this to really put this character over. And the best way that I could yeah. put this character over is to stay in this character at all times.
2: Yeah, he he you know? mentioned how fans would leave him alone just because he didn't know what he was going to do. Because
1: they genuinely had no idea what was underneath <laughs> the gimmick of The Undertaker. You know, you've never seen any point yeah. where he broke that character. And uh, we, sp- of- we, we spoke about it on here before, that... that uh that dvd that i have i forget what it's called
2: i think it's like best of like backstage like your best of, uh, best after raw moment really much. yeah
1: something with after raw and it's and it was pretty much because anytime anyone who's ever been to a pay-per-view or a raw there's always something cool that happens at the end it's just for the fans they always have like someone pick up a mic like when i've been there when the rock's there like he's gone he's done crazy like really ridiculous promos and just funny stuff uh you know so there's always some sort of a thing happening and uh they had a a moment, and we spoke about this on here years ago, where they were trying to get The Undertaker to do a spin a rooney. They tried they, for like, what, 10 minutes? Oh man, if you guys can catch, <laughs> you could probably find it somewhere on, on YouTube, but if you watch that, you look the, for it. that, the way that man, you can see the annoyance in him. At Cause the he fact knew they wouldn't give up. Going down. And then Vince even comes out. Did you watch it before, Dustin?
2: I, um, I'd seen it because I remember you showed it to me once before.
1: Okay, yeah, because then even Vince and it was comes just out. funny
2: like, watching him get more and more. what? What did he look at Triple H one time? And it was Triple just like, H, H came kill out you. too.
1: Triple H, yeah, <laughs> and he never broke character. The way he got out of it was when he he looked like he was about to do it. I believe he grabbed and choke slams Triple H, and he like he does Undertaker stuff, and everyone scatters. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. This man does not break character.
2: Yeah, and it's kind of so funny. Um. <laughs> Triple Triple H, uh, no, actually like, you know, They showed a clip of it's probably one of my favorite ones. I actually forgot about, but um, they showed when JBL, I like, think he said something along the lines of like getting an RV, take a take like a thousand mile hike or something, like a, a thousand mile drive or something like that, and it was just funny getting to see. It was so funny seeing him do that, and then he goes, "I didn't get you, but I got me." and It was like, <laughs> oh my god. Because <laughs> like that was it was the that was the bit for years, everybody trying to get him to do it. Everybody trying to get in the bright character in any kind of way. And it was the hardest thing to do. And sweet baby Jesus, I have found the bit. <laughs>
1: yeah, how long is it? I remember being a really long
2: one. Uh, about like
1: nine minutes. Oh my god, nine minutes. We can't. Yeah, we can't do nine we minutes. Can kinda,
2: eh? We can kind of we can kind of skip like near the end of it. Yeah, there yeah. was a point. What was kind of funny? The closest they ever got him to do it is because he um. He called for Booker to do it. And the closest he gets in the whole bit is when he does like the signal and he wants to do it, but then nobody did. And Booker tried forever to get him to do this move and he would not
1: he do it. He kept trying to, he kept doing his own spin of Rooney, right?
2: It was his spin of Rooney. Goldust did one. Vince did one. And it was like, yo, he's not going to do it. <laughs> But that was just like, that was the running bit for years with like, CV- I think JBL told a story once on, I think they did a thing with Austin, that he got him to break one time. And I can't remember where it was or what happened, but he got him to break just once. And like, he was dedicated to that character.
0: Before we leave Seattle tonight, there's a little something that these okay. people want to see.
1: Oh yeah, he does that. Okay, so let's get Booker T doing that.
2: Yeah. So this is where it gets funny, because... <laughs> Now the people seen me do the spin of Rooney. (laughs) I can't believe (laughs) he knows. I can't
1: believe he said that to him.
2: (laughs) Now
0: I think it's time for the Undertaker, Rooney.
1: The Undertaker, Rooney. Look at his face. He's looking like
2: this mother.
1: (laughs) You bastards. (laughs) Look at him, you bastards! <laughs> <laughs> and the pop they gave him for that, and he can't do it.
0: He can't do it.
1: And the Rock, I can't believe the Rock came out to help convince him. Like this they were trying, the a, they were trying everything. This was them legitimately trying. Let's get look at that. He's, we got to skip ahead here.
0: About half the roster is still right back there now, watching, waiting. Every single person in Seattle will not go home until they see Taker. The spin on
1: <laughs> Dude, the way they, they hyped in the crowd on this guy to put him on the spot.
2: Taker had that look in his eyes like, well, motherfucker, I guess ain't nobody going home tonight. <laughs>
1: Like they were trying I can't believe it they're, They could see he, underneath it He's like you bastards <laughs> And Booker T showing him the Rooney again Like they're throwing the shit out of The Undertaker man.
0: Now I can't believe <laughs> Look Triple H second The Undertaker out. doesn't have the balls To do a takaroonie
2: <laughs> The crowd popped harder every time no They tried no so hard
0: This a serious business now
1: dude when I first saw yes it, there is a DVD yeah, that, it's that's literally the, the title at the bottom the best of raw after show and it's all there's tons of things like this. this is the, my favorite I one but it's all backstage so antics. You, I know you've got
0: the balls to do a spin <laughs> hell even I've got the balls to do a spin <laughs> alright 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 hey
1: alright let's skip. come on
0: you haven't got the balls, just say you ain't got the balls. He ain't got the balls. <laughs> the Rock has never had balls. That's
1: See, they're, they're getting everybody them. to do a spin rooney on this.
0: Me?
2: Me? I mean, they're like two... And then fucking Vince comes out.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you pulled out the big guns when you called Vince.
1: When out. Vince came out listen to the pops that this crowd's giving for just the idea that this might happen <laughs> like they can't contain themselves
0: <laughs> look at him. He is so pissed oh <laughs> look at them
1: Dude, look at how many people that command the attention of the crowd. They have out all in the ring at once. This is like, this would be incredible if something like this happened nowadays. You know?
2: It makes it even funnier when you watch how the I documentary expect- and you hear about him and Taker's relationship.
0: I think what everybody came here tonight to see <laughs> is the Vince Rooney. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, man, are they about to add us? They're about to add us, aren't they? Is this thing about to hit us with an ad? How dare you? Yeah, I have no idea.
0: I think when everybody came here tonight to see...
1: No, they didn't.
0: ...is the vince rooney
1: I think it's just something in the footage though. There. there we go. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Are we going to stop to see Vince do the, the, the Vince yeah, running? Really? I guess we have to because I don't remember how it looked. It was. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. That was horrific. I can't even believe that we witnessed that this shit, the dude. I thought I was talking to you. Like, like Triple H said it's been a Rooney from the whitest man on the planet <laughs> how did I forget that that looked like that oh I don't understand how you did all the DVD <laughs> oh, I don't need to see Triple H do it oh man how many people how many people going to do it
2: everybody can, can we just to skip past another. all
1: this shit I think this- let's see let's see Triple H it was I mean, it wasn't it that bad. America. I mean, after seeing Vince's, I guess anything would have looked better, right? So wait, 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 let's go to when he I don't
2: have to chase the other Americans up the
1: stage. Let's go to how he got out of this. At one point during this, they all agreed on that ending. I don't remember what I'll see. It cuts away, but there was a point where like they all talked to each other really quickly, and I guess somehow they managed to put together that he was gonna choke slam Triple H out of his uh out of because that's what he did. He chokeslams him after during the Triple H freaking
2: yeah, the celebration triple H came out of it and got chokeslammed
1: yeah yeah exactly i don't i'm, try, I'm trying to avoid triple h's freaking rooney
2: it, it, it's kind of hard to <laughs> it comes so quick after y'all you, you have to do it
1: yeah i guess you have to do it you know so before this point they must have agreed to that because everyone seemed to be prepared for this uh that to happen the, yeah that's, right- he, that's how they did it That they kind of saved him because I think Triple H went over and spoke to him real quick. It doesn't show it on here, and uh, that's essentially how they are. They repaired it.
2: Undertaker said, "Nope, taking this off." And that was
1: he it. Getting the fuck it, out of here! See, he did it. <laughs> he went back to doing Undertaker <laughs> stuff.
2: Nope, I'm done. And, and it. Every,
1: look at them—they're like, damn, they couldn't do it. That's the closest I've ever seen anybody get to something. So I give them credit. That was like the was probably the only try they're ever going to get, get in now. their lives, you know? I'm
2: in pain. They tried so hard. It's such I a fun bit because like Rudy they so tried,
1: I know. <laughs> they tried. I love the Triple H. Oh. I didn't see no Rocker That's what I'm saying.
0: Oh wait, what? Wait. The his looks good. No balls? hear you. The Rock said, you want
1: to see The Rock do The Rock-a-rooney? The Rock-a-rooney.
0: Where's the music?
1: <laughs> At least The Rock had to get a pop. You know, it had to pop, bro. Here we go! I want see The Rock's version of this. Uh. yeah and of course, they ended with the spine bust on Triple H. We tried to charge him. And the people's to album. The were
2: happy
1: Exactly. That's just the whole point.
2: We take a room. We got to see a Triple
1: twice. But yeah, guys, you should pick this up. The best of Raw after show. After the show. It's the DVD. It is, it is hilarious. It's, it's, it's pretty long, too. There's just yeah. everything that happens after pay per views. And some of it's hilarious. I remember this is the one with Stone Cold. He stuns The Rock. And uh, the way The Rock sells it, he's never done on television before. Oh, but geez. like, he stuns him where he recoils back to a standing position. And like, he's I just, see. and he's just standing unconscious.
2: <laughs> he stuns him again. I see. And
1: that. he stuns him again. And he recoils back to a standing position. And then Stone Cold does like with his hands, like, you know, the fingers, like the finger photo. Like if you're holding up a, a imaginary oh, camera, oh yeah. Like he he is, it's ridiculous. Like I've never laughed I harder. Did,
2: I, I think of on that one, the other the other favorite one is when uh Stone Cold was just going the rain of people in the crowd asking him what they do, and he got to the elementary school teaching. He's like, if there's one thing I can't stand, it's that elementary, and he couldn't get
1: through it. George is like, take my money. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, great, great this stuff is really good. You know, tell yeah. me again why we need writers in a whole creative room. Like you no know one, no one wrote that, that, that. Was
2: just that was just the boys. Like and
1: even the finish. Everything went out perfectly. Look at how good that was. That was better. Like, that was a better sequence with an ending than I've seen. I can't even remember the last time we've seen something that good, and that, no one wrote it.
2: That was literally everybody like, okay, this is what we're going to do. After the cameras go off, we're going to see if we can get Taker to do a spin and
1: Look at how good that was.
2: That was amazing. <laughs> but yeah, as uh, fun as that was, that was one of the things that a lot of superstars mentioned was just seeing if he could get him to break. It was virtually impossible. Because he was so locked into the character, you almost couldn't do it. But it was kind of interesting as the years went on, especially now, we're seeing the character kind of just fade a little bit. And you get to see more Mark Calloway. Um, unfortunately, he had to talk about that match where that guy with the face dropping on his head. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, Michelle McCool had mentioned that she texted her doctor and was literally texted his doctor and was like, is he okay? Because she usually asked him and he usually kind of – being Taker, he's always just kinda like, Oh, I'm fine, nothing really hurts that bad. She asked him, he outright said, My back is jacked up after that. Who dropped
1: and him? I mean, again? Was you know, it was it uh it, it was Bill? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I know he had a sloppy yeah. match with Roman, but Roman didn't drop him. But yeah, it was Bill. I forgot. Roman Ro- Ro-
2: dropped him coming from the take from the tombstone, but like it was more he couldn't like carry the weight. Like Ro- Bill dropped him because Bill can't do shit. <laughs> like, but um yeah, it was just, it was really cool seeing him reminisce about some of the stuff he used to do. He talked about how f- um, we actually got something so cool. We got, from all the way back in 2012, Paul Bearer talking about The Undertaker. He talked about how fun it was when he had a feud with Kamala, watching him get to build the casket. Because he, like, shoot, built that casket. He talked about just the memories going down the road, the fact that he basically, he even said he never saw him out of character. It was always Taker every time they were with each other. It was just cool getting to see Paul again because, I mean, it's been so long since we heard the voice. It's been, God, it's been quite a few years, I think, since he died. So it, it was just a really good, um, really good lesson. Of course, they talked about the crown jewel. But what they, had, they kind of um ended it on was Taker was getting to the point where he's eyeing AJ Styles. Because keeping in mind, people, Taker picked AJ for that match. So he was already at the point, I think, after WrestleMania 35, where he was just like, I think that's who I want next year. But um one of the really crazy things, and this was something I didn't know, of course, we didn't see him um at WrestleMania 35 last year. He was in goal position all night. And he literally said, While it was probably one of the probably one of the most painful things he had to deal with, the fact that he just couldn't be there. The way he talked about it, you could tell that was the first big step. Because it's now, hey, I've seen what I've I've had that time where I'm not out there. So it's going to make it easier now. So it looks like the way he's saying it, there's now the possibility that we could see Taker just not showing up at WrestleMania sometimes.
1: I have to to look at that from a different perspective, though, and and wonder how much of that is, is being said for the drama of it all. Because if you go back and look, unless my memory is really betraying me, The Undertaker wasn't at every WrestleMania for a while. That couldn't have been the first one he missed.
2: No, there, there was there's a few like way, way back then when he missed um missed manias, but it's been so long since he's missed one. So I think for that one to be the first one, especially when he's at this period of time where he's trying to figure out pretty much when to call his shot, he was he's he's now sitting there like okay, I, it's gonna get it's gonna be easier now. But um one thing that I um that they showed in this was um they showed the tag match between. Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre and Roman and Taker, what bothered me about this was they showed after the match, after they walked through goal position, Taker right. was ready. He, was, he literally walked up to Vince and said, that's it. I'm done. I'm good. And you could see Vince kind of creeping back in there like, oh, but you look good. The timer was out and everything. And I'm sitting there watching this and I was like, wait, that was it. We had it. <laughs> he was ready to go. Because he, the general consensus about that match was that he felt great. He felt like he was moving good. It was literally a shoot when Michael Cole said, when have we seen him look that good? Like It was the best he'd felt coming before, during, and after a match in a long time to the point where I think he had his finish, he was ready to go, and then Vince just managed to pull him back in. So again it kind of bothered me because I'm like, he had what he'd been looking for, for had to have been a good five years. And it just got kind of like pushed back even further. So it's like when, it, 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 when, if ever is he gonna have one of those again?
1: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But again, this is a a lot of it is is there was a point to end this way before now. Now yeah. it's just a little weird, you know?
2: Yeah, it definitely is. It's uh, it's going I'm hoping for his sake. I'm hoping he has one more of those in him, just so he can call it. Because the unfortunate part about it is, and Stone Cold in some of the interviews we mentioned again, leaving is one of the hardest things. Like for 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 Austin, it seemed like the fact that he physically couldn't compete anymore, like they wouldn't clear him, gave him a little bit to the point where now he had to accept it. But with Taker, the fact that they keep making it to where they they keep basically telling him like, "Hey, if you want to come back, you can come back." It's making it much harder. So now he needs to find. What he found in that match of Extreme Rules, I'm hoping he finds it soon. Because I mean, at this point, for God's sakes, how much more Taker are we going to get? <laughs> like, appearances here and there is fine and all, but it's like I don't need to see take a wrestle anymore. I think like it's at a point where now, how long is he holding on to it? But I mean, yeah, now yes, it looks, he it looks might,
1: like he might never get it, man.
2: Yeah, so I, I think Extreme Rules might have been it, and that's the really depressing part about it. Is like I want him to have that just so he can go out and be okay. Yes, like they said, they keep leaving the door open. Like at some point you gotta shut the door. Like tell him, like, dude, you're good. <laughs> That's it.
1: And unfortunately he so, missed the spot.
2: Yeah. Twice. <laughs> because he was ready to call it on two different occasions in the time they've covered since um since this documentary's been going. But only time will tell what's gonna happen. Uh, when it comes to him. I'm hoping like I said, I hope he gets it soon. He needs to get it soon because the longer it takes, the harder it's gonna get. But it looks like going into um the final, what's going to be the finale this um this Sunday. It looks like it's going to be creeping up into where we at now with um the match with AJ, some of the probably the build up towards that, and just kind of getting get, getting more getting more into his head, I guess, kind of seeing some of the things maybe we didn't know previously before, and hoping maybe that he knows when he's ready to call it.
1: I think Undertaker and Sting should have fought each other and retired like everybody wanted years and years and years ago. But what the hell do the fans know?
2: Yeah. And the sad part is, at this point, it's too late now. You can't even have that match anymore. You can't? I I think that that should have been, yeah, that should have been Sting's match when he came over. Like, have that just be the curtain call for the both of them and then be it.
1: Yeah, it really should have. And yeah, now and neither one of them, they managed to mess up the ending of two careers in WWE in not doing that. And it's not like I was a mark for Sting versus Taker. But I just think that in hindsight, that was a better idea than anything that's come up since. Instead, they both had really bad last matches. And even somebody like Seth Rollins, who that's I believe who Sting's last match was against, right? The buckle bomb was where it ended it all. Yeah. Yeah. So like Rollins is going to always be a legend, obviously, future Hall of Famer and so on and so forth. Clearly, there's no question about that. But it's really out of place that his last match, that Sting's last match was with Rollins. What the hell does he have to do with Rollins? Sting's last match being against Ric Flair makes the most sense. Because of when you look back at the old world class days, Sting and Ric Flair were the two guys of WCW. You know, and I thought it was appropriate that the very last episode of Nitro in Panama City, the final match was Sting versus Ric Flair. Now, obviously, Ric Flair suffers from the same thing as The Undertaker, where he just didn't want to call it quits multiple times. So that wasn't going to happen. But I'm seeing it that way where there were a lot of opportunities for people to take outs. And unfortunately, they did not. And right. Taker, Taker falls into that category uh, there were a lot. I, I don't know why it wasn't against Kane. Him and Kane also could have been a good retirement match. Neither one of them. I have to say that's the only time I've ever seen two big guys fight each other. And it was uh fully entertaining the entire time. And part of it could yeah. have been if you go back to WrestleMania 14, the uh just the fact that Undertaker was fighting Kane, you've never seen that before. You didn't even know there was a Kane. And now here you are at WrestleMania. And there's another guy like Undertaker and they're fighting. You know, And it was very convincing. It could have just been the drama. But at the end of the day, that's really what wrestling about. It's never really been about the moves. There are fans like us of the actual talent that look at the moves. But that doesn't make it what the sport is about. It's really about captivating audiences. And Undertaker is able to do that. And what keeps him fresh is that a lot of his matches are more based on that drama. Especially when it comes to Kane and when it comes to that storyline or Paul Bearer or, time, or him and Mankind. You know, Mick Foley, another perfect person to retire with, you know, or him and Shawn Michaels, another perfect person to retire with or him and Triple H. You see, when you really look back at The Undertaker and the big feuds that made him, you know, and then the people that he made in those feuds, it's like they're all gone now. And that's the unfortunate part about it. There were so many doors that he could have taken. And no matter what they come up with, no matter what manner of rubbish, and I mean, no disrespect, but I have to say, well, no matter what manner of rubbish they come up with as the end, it will never be as good. As any of the ones that I named it would never be as cool as if he would have retired with HBK or if he retired with Mick Foley or if he retired with Kane you know it's like it'll just never be as dramatic as that moment would have been that moment of having two legends like that retire at the end would have been like the like as dramatic as something like when you had Eddie and and Chris standing holding the two titles at the end of the pay-per-view like the two champions from the indies now on both sides of the company. It would have been a moment like that. And they tried to have that moment, but they did it like with unsure, with, with with an unsureness to it. Like when they had Shawn, I talked about it before when they had Shawn Michaels and Triple H and, and, uh, Undertaker all leave the ring together. Yeah. Like, buddy, like they've had so many of those storybook endings already. If you keep doing it, it's going to eventually burn itself out. What else could happen?
2: Exactly. I mean, our last hope is kind of what we, I think we talked about on, um, covering a raw once is Edge.
1: I mean Edge could work, but it's it's only out of desperation now. If yeah, Edge works. Private. You know what I mean? It's more like Edge could work because this might be the last chance of this guy to have something that works. And Taker versus Triple H, uh I've been saying you know that's a great idea. You know, at, at this point I think you'd have more trouble getting Triple H to retire though. You know, like Triple yeah. H is not Triple H is not there. I remember when uh didn't he have a match against Brock Lesnar where it was like if he loses he's gonna retire.
2: Uh-huh. He's had and like I, six old matches, and, and I
1: remember when they said that people like this might be it. I was like, "Ha, you fool!" <laughs> ha! He, they gave away to finish. Like this, absolutely. I've never been more, more sure. I've never been more sure in my life that he's gonna go over there when he said he was gonna retire against Brock Lesnar. I've never been more sure in my what life. I would have, I would have, I, I would have bet you. everything I own my heart and soul, and everything on that shit without, without fear. You was like this guy's not gonna retire. Triple H.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> And, and then they did like went three career. more times and the fans bought it every time it you like, think he's gonna guys. get dramatically retired
1: that guy <laughs> no like that i think it was foolish that they made that match because otherwise i would have wondered who won i was like oh well he's definitely winning Trip taker versus kevin Nash. kevin Nash. i like kevin Nash's ending i, I kind of counted as kevin Nash's ending you remember when he uh that might have been the last match that he had remember that final feud he had with triple h it was like a ladder yeah, match that was or definitely his
2: last WWE match. Yeah, in fact, I it, think that was
1: it. It was a ladder match. So, so yeah. first of all, right off the bat, these two guys, these two friends, long-time click members, Nash gone through the NWO and now has come back here and all that other story. He'd been to TNA even, I think, at this point. As he, I don't even remember. Yeah, he, think he won had like been.
2: two championships already And
1: now here he is back. And even though the storyline was because, uh, wasn't it originally something to do with CM Punk? Like CM Punk... Uh, kevin nash came and he interfered on cm punk's behalf but not really he just did it for himself or some shit like that whatever we get to this triple h and this kevin nash match so it already has all that great story behind it with the two of them and then it was a ladder match i remember yeah. that shocked me it was like yeah what? it was
2: a sledgehammer on a it, was a it was a sledgehammer ladder
1: match i was thinking wait a minute Everything about this makes sense and goes with the continuity of the story that we are watching for decades. Culmination of everything, Triple H versus Kevin Nash in a ladder match. Who is going to be the spot monkey of this <laughs> is going to be Triple H? I guess so, because it ain't going to be fucking Kevin Nash. I'm impressed when he hits the ropes, let alone climbs the ladder. That being said, it was excellent. I remember this match was cool. They didn't do anything crazy. There was no 450s off the top, but it was, it was cool. Was it bad blood 2004? I can't. No, I no, this, this was like 2011. No, no, this was way later, man. This had to be after 2000, maybe 2012. Latest. Bad
2: blood was their hell in the cell match.
1: So they have this match and, uh, and the match worked really well. And I felt like it was not only the end of Kevin Nash, but it was like the end of all things Kevin Nash. And I don't recall, you could correct me, because but I don't recall there being another match after that. The finish is one yeah. of my favorite things of all time. Do you remember the finish to that match?
2: Oh, vaguely.
1: So, uh, and I just thought this was cool because it kind of goes back to everything that these guys represented throughout their entire careers of the Monday Night War. But Nash is on his knees and he's kind of begging Triple H like he's done. And he holds up like the, the, the NW, the two sweet, essentially the NWO symbol at the time. He holds it up to him like, come on, man, two sweet me, bro. Like while he's on his knees and Triple H looks down at him, like he's going to have this moment of pity, but then he kind of goes, no, fuck that. And he does the DX crotch chop and then takes him out with the sledgehammer. <laughs> and I just remember it was either the sledgehammer or pedigree, it was whatever it was was, the finish. But I just remember thinking how cool that it was that the final thing came down to like the NWO two sweet versus the no, fuck you DX crotch chop it's essentially symbolic of the entire Monday Night Wars and then he wins. So I thought that was really great storytelling there, especially for all, for for like old timers like us that liked it for for decades. And uh you see how beautiful of a retirement match that was? Yeah. And I, here we I'll are going and here we are going hopefully Undertaker can face Edge. You oh know? It's just it's just not going to it's just not going to work that way. There's so many outs that they could have taken and they just don't anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of want to watch that now too. We should watch that later because that was really cool. Really I love the drama that was of that, match. Match. that match was great. I just love the drama because as a WWE fan, because yeah, I love WCW. I was as a kid, I considered myself a WWE fan. Going back to like Hogan and Warrior days, that was really the company that I grew up watching. So seeing that and DX being the representation of them and then, you know, the, the two sweet being more of a nitro thing, having that like Nash on his knees and Triple H taking him out, that's the kind of shit that was missing from the invasion when they unfortunately couldn't get all of these big names cause of their contracts and we had to instead have like freaking, uh, I don't know. I remember who fuck we had. Hugh Morris. Sean O'Hare. <laughs> and, and palumbo and o'hara and the other alliance people like that's the stuff and they made up for it later on i don't think people give them enough credit for that because that was more of a story of the end of the monday night wars to me than anything that happened during that and uh it was also a good retirement for nash and an end to his career as a bad guy who most of the time he was a villain you know so it was cool that he went out like that yeah you see good retirement man. And just... everything that, that, that was in their careers came full circle to that we don't get shit like that anymore we don't Chronic, yeah, imagine that being the retirement match. Undertaker oh, and Kane versus Chronic. What was that? SummerSlam of 2001, I think? <laughs> Not even. It might have actually been the invasion itself. It might have been invasion. Cause oh, I remember God, they got remember rid of them. Whatever Holy it shit. was, they, they didn't, they didn't last, I think, another match. I think that was it for them. There were a lot of people during that show oh. didn't last. I remember literally Kurt Angle and Stone Cold showed off. I think it was buff baggled the door, like literally, like they kicked his they ass. They literally threw, threw him out the door. And that was the end of it. I couldn't believe it. Like at the time that watching, the not knowing, not knowing what was going to happen. I was like, oh shit, they really, they really, and years later we found that it had to do with that hat too. Like they told him not to wear the hat. I guess they were going to do a repackaging of him or something when he goes out there. And, uh, when he went out there, he put the hat on and was just buff Bagwelling anyway. Which I guess maybe, you know, we always heard about how wild it was in the Nitro days. You could almost go out there and do whatever the hell you want. But here, you know how Vincent creative is. If they told you don't go out there and do the buff bagel thing and have the hat, there must have been a reason. And I think the last thing in the world you want to do. Like nowadays, no, I can imagine if somebody did some shit like that nowadays where they just told you don't do something and you did it. It wouldn't surprise me if there's like a device in their neck, like in the in the Rick and Morty story, and you could (laughs) fucking explode in the ring. Like, can you imagine if somebody did that shit? Because we see gimmick changes all the time. You don't get to just ignore it. They're not advising you. This isn't just like some grandfatherly advice on what you should do. They do not want you to be buff. Bagwell out there. At least that's how the story goes. And apparently he did it. And they were like, yeah, motherfucker. Kurt Angle and Stone Cold will show you the door. <laughs> you know, and then they that
2: literally. This.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's unfortunate. I heard oh, recently I was listening, I forget what podcast I was listening to with uh the Edgeheads, Kurt Hawkins and uh Zach Ryder. And like they they took all their stuff away before that last run. They were talking about how they told them no more cane. We don't want the cane and we don't want the woo woo wooing or any of that. We want to have you guys being taken seriously, which is why you didn't see any of that anymore. I kind of didn't even notice. I just I really thought it was didn't. because they were they were jobbers and they just didn't have time for them to spin canes around. I never thought about the fact that legit those things were just gone until so they said they, they they were kinda sad. You know, because I remember Kurt Hawkins mentioned he was happy that his action figure included the cane. Like that's what that's part of the character and now Vince is just, just like that. Poof, nope, no more cane, no woo woo and go out there, you're a serious tag team. And uh it didn't work, obviously. At least I don't think it worked.
2: No, nah, no. Nah.
1: So, you know, it didn't nah, work out for anybody. As a matter of fact, aren't both guys fired now?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So well, that, that couldn't it.
1: have been that couldn't have gone worse. So I'm not even saying that it's it's great when they take your shit away, but when they do, you could be fired even quicker. Like, imagine if they went out there still swinging the cane and woo woo wooing. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't have made it down the ring. They
2: have cut the commercial.
1: Oh yeah, they would have cut the commercial when we came back. It would have been the ascension in the ring <laughs> in their place with no explanation. <laughs>
2: They rehired the Ascension just to bring him back. for that shit. No,
1: you can't do that. And I get it. I, I understand where he was coming from at the time, especially during the a guy who just came, went through the Monday Night Wars. As much as we kind of poke at Buff Bagwell for his wrestling career and things like that, when you really think about it, imagine if you were Buff Bagwell, right? That thing has been your meal ticket. Because you weren't just yeah. Buff Bagwell. You were NWO Buff Bagwell. He NWO'd it up more than anybody. Him and Scott Steiner were rocking those NWO colors across all brands when they were Wolfpack, when they were regular. They never stopped being NWO. And I think essentially they were they were good examples of the NWO brand putting you over. You know what I mean? Like there are people who Oh yeah. The original guys being in the NWO, like Hall, Nash and Hogan, they put the brand and the name NWO over. And then in people joining, there were undercard guys the brand put them over because now it was cool to be with those guys, you know? So buff Bagwell, that's what he's known for. Like, even though he eventually elevated, okay. And I use that term loosely beyond himself as much as someone like him could. He, he, at the end of the day was being asked by a company that he doesn't know by people that he's never spoken to before to go out there and just be a regular guy again. Like you're going to, we're going to forsake all this buff Bagwell, buff the stuff shit that you have. (laughs) You know, and that'll be it. But at that point, I guess he should have just not worked for them. Not just thought he could do whatever.
2: <sighs>
1: yeah. But yeah, I I uh, I digress. Wild, wild wrestling stuff. We haven't even gotten deep into the stories here, or we're, we're talking right. everything, right?
2: Yeah, right. We ain't got to the what good stuff. I hope he's
1: I hope he's banging the hot girls at least if he's doing porn. Right.
2: Banging the Jordan Graces, not the Sunnies.
1: There you go. Touche. So, anything else about the Taker before we move on? Uh
2: Nope. So I'll uh, have my thoughts on the final chapter next week.
1: All right. So I guess we're going to go into some stuff that I wanted to go into. Why delay the inevitable? Yeah. It's, it's not really one topic here. It's just a bunch of things that sort of entwined together.
2: And I'm, Some of y'all out there going to get it.
1: And I don't really have like much of a direction that I'm trying to go with, with this you know, point, <laughs> you know,
2: Swing wild. Fuck it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, right, right. Swinging wild here, really. Okay, anyway, I believe it was about three years ago. If anybody's been listening before then, we, even if you go back five years, we weren't always live. We didn't always have a live chat room. We used to a lot of the time do these shows canned and then put them on the air on iTunes, Stitcher, tune in the regular podcast place. A completely different internet and world back then where podcasts that were just audio or a thing, more of a thing than they are now. I find, I find even though they're blowing up, they're also in some ways declining or what they were was declining. So anyway, we eventually started streaming to Twitch. Not really the show, but you know, our extra content that we do. We, for anyone that doesn't know, we do the party game zone, which is essentially jackbox game with audience participation, just game streams. We do live game streams and playthroughs yeah. and gameplay of different stuff with commentary. On our channel when we're not doing the uh, the talk brunch stuff That being said we are known specifically for wrestling I could put up a video of us gaming And get like five hits And I could put up just a video A post show or a wrestling thing And then we get hundreds if not thousands So obviously we're the wrestling guys So the Twitch thing became like a side project And we eventually left and went to Mixer Because uh, honestly it was mainly the FTL servers That, were, that seduced us over for anyone doesn't know, when you're watching something on the Mixer feed, uh, you're getting it in real time. Like you're hearing it as we're saying it. We're seeing your responses as they're happening. Everything is happening in essentially as real a time as possible. There's not a delay where like you're getting it later on. And we like that because we wanted to do a lot of game show based stuff. What I didn't realize when we left Mixer, because we hardly ever went to our Twitch page after that, was that we were offered to be Twitch affiliates three years ago. But we had already moved to Mixer. It was sitting in my inbox and uh it was just there. It was like congratulations, Talk Brunch, you are our Twitch affiliates and you're welcome to the uh for anyone who knows, I'm not gonna go into the business aspect of what that means, but uh it essentially is an opportunity. There are still people to this day that uh were going for that affiliate uh status. I'm trying to bring it up here without getting an echo of myself. If I go to the page, because I know we're broadcasting there now. Okay, did I get in there? I think I did. Sorry, I know we're doing this live, and I'm now holding this up here, trying to get into my own page like an idiot. They're like, who is Fuck it, we'll do it live! Okay, I got in there. Okay, hold on one second. I just want to pause our own video, because that's taking up valuable bandwidth here. So yeah, it basically... I'm just going to read a little bit of it because when I click into it, it takes me to the affiliate page. But it said, and this is three years ago, literally says under it three years ago. Not all who stream are dedicated as you. You belong in a new class of streamer known as Twitch affiliates. Take part in the program and start earning blah, blah, blah. Yes! 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 Thank you for the, uh, for the host. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just going to take down his name so that I credit him later. Sorry if it's a bit disorganized. But I'm just gathering my stories here while I'm doing all of this. Anyway. So we were given Twitch affiliate and I never really did anything. And I, I can capitalize on it now. It's not like it's gone. It's there and we can have it. You know, the thing about that is that in order to be a Twitch affiliate, we'd have to stream uniquely to them at times, which means, for example, if we were streaming the wrestling that we're bringing you right now, uh, we couldn't simulcast like we're doing right now. where We're on multiple platforms. The stuff for them would have to be the stuff for them. And then the stuff for everyone else, cause no one else has a problem. It's just them. They're kind of like the WWE of, uh, streaming. And then everyone else, like Mixer is more like the AEW for anyone who's into wrestling. And you understand that. So it's like, you know, the way AEW lets their guys still do indie stuff and go to Japan, but WWE doesn't. That's right. sort of how you have to look at Twitch and, and Mixer, where like with Mixer, they wouldn't care if we were simulcasting to, to Twitch. But on the other hand, you know, you can't, you can't do that, which, uh, was something that I had to think about. That being said, I didn't finish the affiliate process because I don't want to give up our other communities currently. I'd have to think about how that would work or what we would do. So we didn't complete the process because just like I mentioned earlier, we sometimes have over a hundred live people viewing us on Twitter, sometimes YouTube, Twitch. We got a, we get a couple hundred on Facebook, literally thousands on the podcast platforms that are, that are um, on demand, but I don't want to alienate anyone. You know, so right now, this isn't really like a grievance or a complaint. I'm just explaining how things work and reaching out to our community. So just so you understand where we are, I like to do that every now and then. Sort of a state of the podcast address. Less of a Rick's rant for the first half. So anyway, earlier today, I just tweeted out what I felt were a couple of inspirational tweets just based on stuff that I'm seeing on Twitter. A lot of people are getting, uh, stressed out in regards to streaming because we're not going to lie to you it's become a very uh saturated market there's so many more people that i see doing what we're doing than there were when we started like it's it's quadrupled if not more and uh mixer has sort of been in a issue with growth we're hoping that it changes but their, their platform has been you know it the growth of it hasn't exactly been uh i would imagine where they would have even wanted it to be but that's affected their community. I'm not here to talk about Mixer. They're a big business. They know how to handle themselves. They're big boys. But it caused, I guess, what I'm seeing amongst my uh, streaming peers is a lot of uh, low morale. You see a lot of tweets from people who are unhappy. You see a lot of people who are wondering what they're doing wrong. You see a lot of people trying to get things going. And uh, it's just that the community is not there. It's a small again comparing AEW to WWE. It's more because this is a smaller platform for those of you on Mixer than a lot of other platforms. But we coming here was a conscious decision for us because we wanted to grow with the platform. It wasn't like we like we kind of knew what we would be giving up because again we had enough of a following on Twitch where we were affiliates without even knowing it. You know, we were at least granted, you know, the, the option. Uh, but it was more like the opportunity, which is no different than the indie guys who went from WWE to Mixer because they wanted the opportunity. I mean, from WWE to AEW because they wanted the opportunity. That was awesome. That was uh, from WWE to Mixer. That's definitely a downgrade, but you know, they, they, they wanted to grow, um, with the platform, you know. When you see that, it's like you, you could be world champion here in AEW, but you'll always be a mid carder there in WWE. That's sort of the logic of going from Twitch to Mixer. There were a lot of people who realized they can grow and be bigger on a smaller platform, which, uh, it's definitely smart logic when you really think about it. So, uh, but again, I digress. We have over a hundred live people viewing us on a lot of these other platforms at times and people are worried about getting these numbers. And sometimes the numbers simply are not there to get. So I tweeted early and I said, don't focus on follower numbers, spamming content multiple times, or complaining about lack of support. We focus on keeping our brand, content, and community unique and different from everyone else. Having a unique look, feel, and vibe that's all your own is important and the rest comes with that. Too many people think content creation is plugging in a mic and playing a game or just talking about nothing. They copy exactly what others do. And virtual signal for everything else. Content creation needs to be more than plagiarism and cleavage selfies. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know, when I mentioned virtual signaling, it's when you pander to an audience, you basically put shit out that, you know, it's going to get likes. You know, you look cute or you have your, your, your titties are out or, or you're, uh, you're, you're posing with a tiger or you're, uh, taking a selfie with a car or, you know, you get the point. We've seen different <laughs> cases of it. Now this tweet was, treated with generally positive feedback you know because of basically saying hey listen if you want to if you want to stream out here don't keep going i see people openly which i've never in my life done i've never i don't complain about anything on social media but i've never unless it's other people who i hate but i don't complain about like me personally yeah (laughs) that being said um you know I was just saying, Hey, listen, don't focus on your following numbers. And then I see people, they're retweeting and tweeting and sharing and tweeting and sharing. Yeah. We, we advertise when we go on here once, let you guys know, let people know that we're interested. And then we move about our day. But I see people, they have, they have one stream and it's like pow, pow, pow. And I'm seeing it because it's showing up on my timeline. I'm like, Jesus, it's the same stream. What the hell? It's like, you know, and I get it because, you know, but then they're like, no one's following this stream and no one wants to see me do this. And, uh, it's kind of like, you got to ask yourself, what are you doing that's so special? You're just some fucking douche. Sitting in a chair with a controller, like any other fucking douche can do. And yes, that's the part of this that becomes Rick's rant. But uh, like I said, so this yeah, this st- that
2: transition was.
1: This stream was uh, this th- this tweet rather was basically met with positive feedback. But there were some bad apples. There were a few people that DM'd me directly, insulted, feeling that the tweet was at them or it pertained to them. Some people legit unfollowed us from platforms as knee jerk reactions. Some people went on to tweet, you know, when you see that sometimes in social media, that's what they do. Some people went on to tweet sort of at us without a, without addressing us like you know like just sort of an obscure reference towards another you know more in reference kind kind, kind of one
2: of those if the shoe fits type tweets
1: right exactly where it wasn't no one was tagged in this or anything but it was generally just knee-jerk reactions of kind of going just to give a general what i away kind of going oh look what that guy's saying or you know who does he think he is which i'm the timing of it just like we've done with the wrestling tweets it was kind of like funny and i found it funny because i'm looking at this tweet and what's coming for you wouldn't be coming for you if it wasn't for the way you took what wasn't meant to be insulted. When I said, again, don't focus on follow numbers, spamming content multiple times or complaining about lack of support. We focus on keeping our brand content and community unique and different. Have a different look, feel, vibe. This all your own. The rest comes after that. Too many think that content creation is plugging in a mic, playing a game and just talking about it. This is a fucking fact. I've seen it. And what's a shame about it is a lot of people that are putting effort into their content are sort of being left in the mix because it's being diluted by a lot of people who are doing it that way. And that's the reason why you see frustration in some cases from content creators, not all. I've never felt a drop of frustration. I've never felt a single way about, oh, I wish I had more. I wish I had less. I'm content with exactly where I'm because I'm doing exactly what I want to do. This is why I say content creation needs to be more than plagiarism and cleavage selfies. So people that DM'd me. This is to you guys. The people that DM'd me and uh, or obscurely made references as if I'm trying to have like a like like my head in the clouds or whatever that kind of shit or felt insulted or felt that it was directed at you. I bet you wish this tweet was about you. <laughs> I bet you think Writing this it tweet down. is about you. Fuckers. You know, automatically, first of all, for you to be so naive that to feel like our universe is so small that your irrelevant shitty little whatever it is that you do was directly in our crosshairs when with the amount of people that Destiny deal with. In a week alone. In a week alone. Do you understand how I, I, I never even divulge because this is just the online, but I have my own personal life that I live and own personal things I do. Do you have any idea the scope of shit that Destiny and I are dealing with in a week for you to be audacious enough to think that we put up a tweet or a message to a community that detailed? for your stupid fucking ass who's complaining about not being noticed you can't have it both ways folks you can't on one hand say nobody notices me and i don't understand what it is that i'm supposed to do but then on the other hand go aha that guy who's about eight if not 16 times my community is talking shit about specifically me and my zero (laughs) followers you moron so which one is it is it that nobody follows me and i can't get any money or is it that yep there they go You know what I mean? Pick your struggle. Get out of here. Exactly. Pick your struggle. (laughs) Write that shit down too. Pick your struggle. (laughs) Some people don't know who they want to be, you know, the victim or the hero. They don't get it. It's absurd to me. That's the stupid, maybe the reason why you don't have anyone following you is because people have a genuine sixth sense nowadays. They have a genuine insight of character and they can judge your fucking stupidity by just looking at you or hearing you. Without me having to divulge information like this, which, again, that pisses me off that someone would think that, yeah, that tweet is directly. And I know you've all gone through it, too, where you've said something and there are people who thought it was directly at them because they are the center of their own fucking universe and everything goes around them. And that's all that there is. Idiots. This is the kind of snowflake mentality that I try to keep this community free of people that assume every single tweet is about them. So if you reacted negatively to my tweet, congratulations on calling yourself out and exposing yourself for not having faith in your own content. Because I specifically named people that focus on followers spam their content and complain that no one is watching their shit I, I specifically call out people that don't have a unique look feel or vibe or that think that content creation is plugging in a mic and just gaming or chatting away while copying what everyone else is doing and sending out cleavage selfies that means you fall into one of these categories because if I fucking saw that tweet I wouldn't get insulted I'd say well that rules us out because we don't do any of those things and we work hard on our content and we know that we don't just plug in a microphone and do whatever we plan this shit way ahead of time and we We make sure we have good material before we go out here. But for you to get upset for those tweets, yes, whoever you listen to, I know you hate listening. If you're hate watching my tweets, they literally need to have to have the mentality, whether conscious or unconscious, to go, hey. I obsess over follower numbers. I spam my content. I complain that no one watches me. I don't have a unique feel. I think that content creation is just plugging in a mic. I use tits to get myself over. I copy everyone. He must be talking about me. So congrats, you pieces of garbage. I'm not even having the intelligence to realize that you exposed yourself as lackadaisical content creators that have no business here. And the shitty part about it is there are people who follow you that listen to this that are going to realize from your obscure tweets that you're one of them. So don't be surprised if there's a fucking drop in support. Suddenly I don't always fire the cannons, but when I do, I know exactly what the fuck I'm doing. So don't try to call me out on a tweet. That's not my own. Instead of turning my content into advice and general creative criticism, which it was your first reaction was to lash out at us. That's why you suck. You should first prioritize your own content before you worry about shit like that. Put your socks on or at least pick your socks out before you try to walk in my shoes. And I've said that before.
2: I've never heard that one. That's
1: wonderful. Put your fucking socks on before you try to walk in my shoes. Write it down. Put your socks on. Put your own <laughs> socks on. That's what it should be. Put your own socks on before God, you try yes, to walk yes, in my yes. shoes. Fucking crazy to me. And some of the people that took the insult are actually too, were clearly copying our material or copying on some something about our style, and then took offense. And it wasn't matter at one direct person. It just goes to show how many people call themselves out. You fools never call yourself out. For yourself, I'm doing that kind of dumb shit because I'm making an address and you automatically assume it was me getting at you. But that's the reason why I opened this talking about the Twitch affiliate thing, because the Twitch affiliate was what made me have the tweet, not other people's nonsense. The whole entire thing about followers and worrying about numbers was because I discovered that we were chosen for the twitch affiliate thing and everyone took that tweet that was just me sharing my thoughts on streaming and content creation for others that i saw hurting as me looking at their shitty little light bulb streams that i didn't even realize existed till i started to see the offbeat nonsense
2: some people are mad that their that their anthem streams aren't going anywhere
1: you're doing this the reason why you're doing this and the reason you're not noticed is because you're doing exactly what everyone else is doing and there's nothing unique about whatever content you're making and what proves it is just the amount of people that can take that as an insult and the amount of people that it could pertain to your answer is in your own hatred the fact that there's so many that are doing the exact same thing you know
0: yeah simple as that like so again
1: i'm not (laughs) trying to i didn't want to want to freaking throw anybody under the bus and as far as the twitch affiliate thing goes we'll keep you posted yeah it's still Thinking about it, like, yeah, we'll keep you posted about what we're going to decide to do or how we're going to go about that or if we're going to go about that, you know, because I was never here. If I was here to make money, I would just, you know, kiss somebody's ass and get a fantastic top of the line ass kissing position somewhere in Microsoft or Google or or something. You know what I mean? It's like we have the know how and the knowledge. Obviously we're running whatever the hell we want to do here. So. If it was about money, I, you know, I would be an endeavor. I'd go into stocks and trade. It's like, you know, you can make your hobbies your money, which if it was to come along in a, in a good amount, doesn't mean I don't appreciate the donations and the the support that we do get here. But if it came amount in like a, a a wealthy amount, great. But if it never did, I wouldn't care if I didn't get a dollar because I'm doing it not for those reasons. So that doesn't mean I would become affiliate just because the thing's there. And even becoming affiliate doesn't mean that the money is there. Okay. But uh, it's just funny to give a little bit of advice. In general, on social media, and you get people that are so salty about where they are that they automatically think everybody's paying attention to them while crying about nobody paying attention to them.
2: Some people unfortunately can't handle reality, and the unfortunate part about it is a tweet that's just giving people advice is making them face reality.
1: Exactly, exactly. And this is the reason why I tell them, put on your own socks. Before you walk in my shoes, or Destin's shoes, or our shoes in general, put on your own damn socks.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like you couldn't have said any better. When it comes to outside the, the brand, there's so much stuff you and I both deal with on a daily basis. Like, if somebody, if you're if you're getting picked out specifically, there's a pretty good fucking reason for it. And, not and for we nothing. don't often pick out people specifically,
1: and not for nothing. We we socialize and we we are we do stuff with bigger content creators than ourselves. I don't need to mention names on here. We've mentioned before anyone who follows our community could put two and two together, but we, we socialize with bigger content creators than ourselves and we have discussions among ourselves about what people are doing and who's copying who and who's trying to do what. And, uh, it's funny to think that people would sooner believe that, uh, this is directed at one person and not knowing any of the social interactions I've had with others that we've discussed these very topics with. They get into the streaming game. A weekend ago, a lot of you guys, and then within a week, think that everything's about you. Like, you didn't even fucking exist.
2: Nobody before. knew who you were. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like you
1: didn't even exist. And some of that's directed at a few people who I saw get salty because of this. But yeah, you didn't even exist like a fucking weekend and a half ago. And now suddenly, everybody, and, and everybody, if you don't like me, it's like, look, you didn't even fucking exist before. What are you talking what? about? Are you nuts? We've been doing this since 2014 you know, nonstop. And now somebody who hasn't even been here for a fart worth of time is ready to go to war.
2: I knew what the PS5 looked like before you showed up. Like, really? It's,
1: it's like ridiculous.
2: <laughs> you, f- By the way, if you haven't seen it, the memes, dear God, the memes.
1: <laughs> you should put their face in that and slam it in. <laughs> <laughs> and the Trapper Keeper. <laughs> You know, that really just agitates me, though, that people, oh, if you don't like, I don't know what there is to like, dude. You've
2: been here like eight days. <laughs> I have to know what you're about to like you or not. Like,
1: You know, there's wrestlers who who, st- who who haven't left the loop that they're in, traveling-wise, in the time that this person's established themselves and taken a stance against us. <laughs> Fucking little psychopaths out here. <laughs> I think that's enough, is it? I don't know if it's enough. You <laughs> should let the chat I mean, decide. You feel better? I could go all night like Captain America. I could go all- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm not allowed to address my community that I that I built and worked at for six years because I might insult some motherfucker who just decided that he was gonna fucking put a mic on his his round fucking Gumby head a week and a half ago.
2: <laughs> 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 that visual just fucked me up. That f- round Gumby head. Oh God! All I'm saying is we show enough. Mentioned the chat room about doing a shoe episode so it's might have been a bit
1: of taste yeah no we did speak about it a lot of people a lot of people uh didn't know what happened with past brunters or the after history and i always said i wouldn't bring it up unless somebody wanted to know and i said if there's enough votes we can we can do a shoe we can talk about it just be careful what you wish for because i i can defend myself one of the things i'm one of the most honest people in the world that you find and, and that's an advantage for me because uh when you're honest You could just talk without thinking about a lot of things. You just let your mind process it. You work through your processor and nothing passes through your hard drive. And that's sort of the way my mind works. I don't have to think or rethink what I'm going to say because I'm not bullshitting so, if there was enough demand, which I haven't decided yet, yeah, we, we could go into the history of of, of brunches, which I All have I'm the right saying to. Is freaking, and uh, if
2: co-host votes count, I'll put mine in. Yeah,
1: you know, we could do whatever <laughs> here, dude. I don't hold, I don't swing, I don't hold back here. I try to provide the content that people ask for, and I knew this was going to be something that yeah. was going to come up. So I decided, hey, let's be pre- preemptive about this.
2: Yeah, speak up, guys. If y'all want it, you ain't got no problem delivering it.
1: <laughs> yeah, please, a skirt. Else.
2: Oh, so they're probably man. out there late, listen right now. Hi.
1: Yeah, but no, just for people to fucking act that way, it kills me, guys. It kills me, you know? Like, so, such self entitled turds.
2: This is what happens when your mommy tells you you're, you're going to be the president of the United States when you don't so much as get like C minuses. No, no. You're not a princess, okay? Welcome to reality, kids.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. But yeah, sorry for anyone who's just listened to this for the news. But I feel like if you're a regular, you're entitled to understand some of the stuff that's happening within our community. And like I said, it was more me looking at followers and just stuff like that. And then people taking it the wrong way that I guess already feel threatened by us yet were inspired by us to be here in the first place. Isn't it funny the way that works? The people who you inspire to be here, are the people that resent you the most?
2: Well, it's just because they had old little circle of followers like you're going to be better than them in no time. And then reality sit's in a week and a half and they're not better. And they're like, wait a minute, what happened? They said I was gonna be better in no time.
1: And in the meantime, they're not better in no time. You know, I'm not gonna feel bad about that kind of stuff, man.
2: And still, is still eating the- mac and still eating cold mac and cheese with dial up in and shit. hmm I don't know why. What did that I-, <laughs> I don't know why I <laughs> associate mac and cheese and dial up with your shame? Oh
1: god. That is the good stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Cold mac and cheese and diet look—that's <laughs> how you know you're in the struggle. Oh shit! It doesn't squish; it just crunches.
1: <laughs> the cheese that goes crunch—remember that? I always thought that was like, like how did how did they had to be creative geniuses to get that over? The cheese that goes crunch—when that's your catchphrase, you know that you're you're, you're like literal, like, fucking Cornette Heyman levels of genius, because they got people to buy something where the cheese goes crunch. <laughs> that's
2: a level of faith. and That's a, that's a faith in your product right there. That's more faith than some of these streamers that they got.
1: <laughs> I like how you throw him under the bus again.
2: <laughs> I couldn't stop myself. <laughs>
1: he must be talking about my cheese. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, maybe if you don't go crunch, fix it.
1: Yeah, if your cheese goes crunch, don't get mad because I call you out for it. And maybe you're not the only one with crunchy cheese.
2: (laughs) Oh, Crunchy cheese bastards. (laughs) 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 Who else out there can go from Rick's rant to pure comedy in the drop of a dime? I dare somebody to find me one.
1: Well, they'll try it now, and then they'll get pissed if I say something obscure about not forcing comedy.
2: (laughs) All the while, when all the while with crunchy cheese.
1: He's talking about forcing comedy. I'm not funny. My jokes suck. Unfollow. I'm unfollowing him. Crunch, he might be talking crunch. about me. <laughs> Talk crunch.
2: <laughs> crunch, crunch, nibble, nibble. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> They're drinking that fucking King Cobra mad as hell. Wonder why the struggle ain't over yet. Like,
1: oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Wow. Well. Let's move along now. I feel, I feel, I do feel better to answer your question. I I actually feel pretty happy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sure said, "Mm, mmm, (laughs) cheese. You
1: know? And if you're just on Twitter and you come kind of sort of, even some people who are just on Twitter, it's like they have nothing else. They're just on Twitter. That's all that they do. Then, then, uh, I'm also happy to have more of a platform than just tweets to reach out to a community. I don't have to be on anybody else's shit. I don't have to do on it. I don't have to be a part of anybody else's thing. And I don't have to just settle for Twitter. I cannot do my own. And that to me is something you should aspire for before you throw stones in my freaking vibranium house.
2: <laughs> Y'all thought we were going to say glass. Nah, man. There's
1: no glass here, motherfucker. We're up to date. Marvel. It's vibranium. So, that we, <laughs> get, so that we, we don't get sued by fucking Fox for the adamantium vibranium.
2: <laughs> we got our bases covered.
1: The new strongest metal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, we got to talk. We got to be serious now.
2: Yeah, we got eventually, okay. All
1: right. So, the latest news that we are hearing is that good old Paul Heyman has been released from his role in WWE. I have not really looked at the details up to this point. Oh, what what are we we vibraniuming about
2: oh, it was man.
1: petty village uh it was a metaphor in regards to uh just communities and the way communities uh react to one another. You're gonna have to go back on demand for that one. But it was a long rant to me. It just about a lot of people get salty nowadays if, if you're not following them or they feel they're entitled to follows or support without really. I don't want to go back into it because I just heard from it. And I just kind of feel like people feel too entitled nowadays and should just be grateful and grind and try to be unique and, and stuff like that. And, and if somebody gives back. you some advice, don't get sensitive. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is a I just find a lot of salt lately with amongst people who everyone feels like they should have. They should have. It's like, no, you should. How about you? Uh, just be happy with what you got. Anyway okay. Paul Heyman Paul Heyman, first bit of big wrestling news here I'm gonna be looking at this with you guys here. We're hearing I'm checking some of the ringside uh stories that broke about this. They said that I guess part of it was the raw ratings weren't good. the third hour dragging struggling above uh, two million viewers. I can't with fucking George
2: he goes he said see, yeah
1: that was that that was the, <laughs> oh my god. and uh. There is being reported that Vince is more involved with Raw and SmackDown, which sort of made him and Heyman start butting heads. The fact that he's front and center became a thing, you know, which, uh, yeah, I guess that sucks because Paul Heyman is, uh, great as, as far as what he does. We're also hearing, according to Meltzer, he said that he thinks that there was a feeling during the pandemic they're doing hot shot angles with people that aren't really working in in that environment. He doesn't know he w- he wasn't doing although it didn't help. And uh the ratings to both shows were declining at exactly the same rate. Which uh, that's something to note there. If the fact that the other it's not like their other show was doing so good, right?
2: Yeah. So it's like why is the other show not catching blame?
1: So seeing that it's just kind of like uh why was he singled out? But then again, they they've been firing people left and right here, you know.
2: Yeah, maybe that was just their excuse in this case.
1: It's just a poor excuse. And uh we're hearing that there's been literal structure changes to all of uh, the brands, to everything. They said that a lot of writers are going to be unassigned from the angles that they're working on and be put in other ones. Uh, people are going to be shuffled around a bit. I'm hearing they combine both writing teams, like not as one writing team doing both shows instead of having two separate writing teams. So it's all going to be handled, uh I guess, in the same way, which sucks because that's going to stop the shows from having a unique feel, you know, which yeah. are, I think that's kind of the whole purpose. Yeah, we hear Pritchard is doing both sides now. You're right. Bruce Pritchard, yes, but he, which is in charge of everything. He's always been known as a Vince. Yes, man, though, where it's kind of like all that basically means that Vince is doing everything because Pritchard isn't really a guy who goes into business for himself. Not that you should, but he doesn't really do much creative wise. He's just a guy who he makes sure not to get fired. <laughs> to be honest with you Yeah Which I guess that's what Vince At the end of the day Whether he admits it or not That's what Vince wants Because Vince They always say yeah. that Vince Doesn't like yes men But at the same time Pritchard is not a guy who t- t- It's not even that <laughs> he's Like a kiss ass or anything I've heard people say that about him. It's just that he kind of Knows the game You know what I mean The guy gets he knows what he wants He 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 gets what the job is And what to expect out of it You know what I mean He's not going to go He's taking his paycheck And going home He's not going to go to bat against the owner of this company passionately and get into a big fight or any of that shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just not, not his personality. And yeah, I guess what, you know, it seems to work out well enough for him that he's running both shows now. Right? Exactly. So, uh, yeah, they're restructuring everything. Everything's changing. Uh, they're not going to end the brand split, but at this point it's going to be ended. It's already ended with the writers, which to me automatically means that, uh, Certain things are going to just feel pretty much the same. And, uh, we're hearing that it had a lot to do with, uh, Vince losing patience and Heyman building up the newer stars. And, uh, you know, I guess he just expected Heyman to just start being able to push people right away. Now that they wanted to do these changes, they lost a lot of people during the pandemic and now uh, they, they, they wanted these changes and, uh, he wasn't able to work the kind of magic that I guess they expected of him. So, and, Meltzer has also reported that USA is not happy about this. You guys, it's important you never think that USA is just some logo, and that they're just some people who sit like at the top of this tower in suits and just know shit by name and they, you know, so they have a general idea they care about. Like, no, they know they understand this at a level that we're we're speaking about it and from a corporate level. That being said, they are not fucking happy. You no, know,
2: they did not like him getting let go.
1: So that's very very crappy like they they don't want um they didn't want Heyman pulled is what it's being reported as they understood who was in charge of creative they understood what was going on and uh even though they weren't happy with the ratings they had enough insight to be able to tell that this rating dump has at least something to do with the way the world is currently and less to do with wwe so it kind of sucks that the network that pays them was able to give the insight and chance to them that they were not able to give to one of their head writers. When your network is going, Hey, listen, these ratings suck, but we get it. It's not you guys. It's that shit is shitty. So (laughs) we're just gonna, we're just gonna ignore it for now. I mean, what could we do? What could anybody do? Right. That's what USA did. They kind of went, listen, what's anybody going to do? Right. And they shrugged. Okay. That's what they did. Thank you for the sparks cooler. When we have an image, I think think that, uh, that's disabled at the moment. But, uh, you know what I mean? Like, what are they going to do? Except shrug. Yeah, So
2: sometimes all you can do is shrug.
1: Oh, we're going to talk Saudi Arabia later, Hattie Vintage. Trust oh, me, That's oh, not Saudi oh, Arabia oh. shit to talk about.
2: You just hang tight.
1: Yeah, trust me on that one. Yeah, exactly like he said. You just hang tight. But again, you got this corporation, USA, going, look, it's not your fault. And uh, then instead, you just basically ignore them, you know? And you blame your head writer anyway. Even though USA said that this isn't our fault, it's your fault. It was you. Oh, God. So, uh, yeah. Oh, God, indeed. But USA didn't like the fact that he was... That that was the change. And then apparently, from what we're seeing, uh, Ed Kosky, according to Ringside News, Ed Kosky is the senior vice president of creative writing. He was vice president, but now he's senior vice president. He moved from SmackDown in September of 2019 and became lead writer on the Royal team. And now he has responsibilities to... The entire company. So yeah, it's going to be intriguing to see how this goes. Yeah. (sighs) I I mean, I don't know if we're going to see any difference with this, you know, maybe not right. So they're desperately trying to bring people back and they also brought back the old lead writer, Ryan Callahan, and they put him into the senior writer position. And we've, and sources are saying people were surprised at this. And, uh, he got fired from them back in May of 2019. Because he had issues with David Kapoor, which I guess is another creative guy, and they decided to fire this guy. So they bring this guy back as another writer. So Heyman was let go and they immediately switched it around. They put Pritchard in charge of both overall brands and they have two lead writers coming back that they previously fired. They seem to shuffle people all the time. Like they, they take hiring and firing more like shuffling. And, uh. It's
2: like musical chairs is weird.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And apparently, People were worried about how this was going to affect Sunday's pay-per-view of Backlash, this past pay-per-view. And um they said that there wasn't really anything that they changed just because of the simple fact that it was already written in stone. They didn't want to do anything at the last minute. But that might start to be something that you see. You might start to see uh people who were getting pushed only because of Heyman now wind up flushed down the toilet. When you really think about it, Paul Heyman was pushing uh, uh freaking Humberto. He was pushing Alistair Black. He was pushing Buddy Murphy. He was pushing the Street Profits. He was pushing Selena Vega. Those are all people specifically because of Paul Heyman. And I mean, like, there's no other reason. We've been hearing for months. I don't report it every week on here, but we've been hearing for months that the only reason any of these people are being used on Raw is because of Paul Heyman. So I'm going to repeat, Humberto Carrillo... Street Profits, Selena Vega, Buddy Murphy, Alistair Black are all Paul Heyman guys and gals. And now
2: Paul's not here.
1: Now he's not there. Now, I'm not saying that means that you can immediately assume that these guys might not get what they were going to be getting, because clearly those were put as front guys. We've even talked about how they changed the Raw logo where now. They're standing. A lot of those guys are standing in it. But it also means that it wouldn't surprise me in the least if it does change. You know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me in the least if, unfortunately, do I think that some of these guys are going to be de-pushed? Hell yeah. I want to be optimistic and tell you no, but that we should... who this is. I can't even... The only people who might be okay from this are the street prophets. if you had to ask me. I don't think that Humberto, Selena Vega, Alistair Black, or Buddy Murphy are all okay. So... <sighs> Murphy might just be okay because he's with Rollins right now and he's already setting that angle. Yeah. Alistair's probably screwed.
2: Well, Alistair's in the angle
1: too. Oh, but they could change that. He's not as important. It's like Rollins, he's in the stable like we got Murphys in the stable. You know what I mean? Alistair's just there. <laughs> you know? Uh,
2: yeah, it's true. Oh, God. Oh, God. What? Oh, God. Yeah, I just thought way. I just thought to what happened on Raw tonight. Oh, God.
1: What? Well, I mean...
2: If freaking that was Alistair's replacement.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get into that. I remember to bring it up when we go there, but that might be some of the stuff that you're, that you're saying, that you're seeing. You know, Drew McIntyre, I don't remember for the Paul Heyman push completely, but, uh, that's probably not gonna change. At least Meltzer doesn't think that it's gonna change. Charlotte and all people like that. Rollins, you know who's safe.
2: Yeah, we all know who's safe. I just it's need to know who's, who's
1: not. Who's, who's not, exactly. That doesn't mean these guys, maybe, who knows? Maybe they're whoever takes over will think Buddy Murphy's great to keep as a lead guy. Same thing with Alistair Black and Street Profits and Humberto.
2: But just as easily... Think, you could hope they impressed enough.
1: Just as easily well, with a roster that gigantic, the people that come in, which, by the way, are like new lead writers and everything from the top. When you look at it, they recycled everything. They could just as easily pick whoever the hell they want. It doesn't have to be those people. So... I didn't really analyze raw enough today. I guess when we, when we talk about it later, I will, but I can't say for certain if maybe tonight, since it didn't happen at backlash, maybe we started to see people or, or events happen that are going more in the direction of these new writers who have nothing to do with what happened. What do you think they did before they got this job? They went back and watched all that raw. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. <laughs> They're just picking this shit up from here. I doubt that anybody has the time to go sit and watch all these three hours. Okay. Now I know what's going on. This is what we're going to do next. They don't know shit. So maybe tonight what you saw. Which, again, I if Raw was a blur to me. To me, Raw is Raw. But what you saw, maybe tonight some of the things you saw were completely fresh because you have new writers. Maybe they said, hey, you know what? Who Where's this person at? Yeah, put him out there. I like that guy. All right. You know, what about this guy? How about we have them fight? You know, it's, this is a completely different creative. You know what I mean? So some things probably stuck around because they were already booked. But a lot of things are probably going in completely different directions now. Is that good or bad? I mean, I don't think it even matters. It's not like they were in a great direction to begin with. I can't deny that. I don't know if Paul Heyman was the problem, though.
2: I don't think it was Paul. I don't, I don't think it ever. I think it was probably as much as Paul as it probably was Bischoff. did we know it wasn't Bischoff wasn't a problem.
1: That's true. He just didn't fit there. He talked about it a little bit more. We never have that much time because we don't like running the long shows anymore. But he talked about more about that. You know, and then that other guy that got fired. Um, what's his name? That the Joseph guy. Oh yeah, Josiah the Joseph. Williams, I believe. No, the Joseph Christopher, the Joseph. He was another writer. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Apparently, they're saying that he was on a Zoom conference call with Stan Stansky, whoever the hell, that's the senior vice president of creative services and Kevin Moore and, and the senior vice president of e-commerce and the venue merchandise. And uh it, Vince wasn't on the call, but we don't really know exactly what happened. But whatever happened on this call led to him being fired. That's all we know. So almost everybody is gone.
0: <sighs>
1: almost every single person is gone. I mean, I did say you should just fire all of the writers. I don't know if I meant like this. Exactly Like damn there's new ones in already You missed the whole space that I was talking about in between
2: <laughs> We'll get to that bro. I like that name Chungus Ninja
1: <laughs> And yeah That's exactly who he is I read that I still don't know who that is So
2: it, It's just like one of the like it, It's one of the guys in, in, in this, They say is a part of NXT But he's probably just still in like the developmental, developmental
1: That big dude yeah they're really yeah like the what they call right. them, we'll get into that <laughs> we're not gonna miss anything tonight i promise but there's more news when it comes to good old vince taking control of stuff because from what we are hearing here uh vince you all got your wish everybody was like i hope vince watches nxt how come he's the owner of the company he doesn't watch nxt he needs to watch this guess what Vince now watches NXT. So congratulations. Give yourself a self high five like DDP used to do. You earned it bastards. Cause now Vince watches it. And, uh, he's not happy with it <laughs> or the ratings.
2: Congratulations.
1: So we're hearing that he's looking to change up NXT creative wise. He's looking to have Raw and Smackdown people on NXT. So there you go, man. you wanted the man to watch that shit. And now he watches. No, couldn't just be happy that it existed. you got Triple H uh, and Shawn Michaels running it and that they were watching. It should be good enough. But nope. Now you got Vince.
2: You guys just had the bitch because Vince now was watching Vince. that stuff. And he has less that to do
1: now that he hired a whole new team of writers that he's going to let do their own thing. I mean, he could just yes them to death, especially with Ruth Pritchard there. So now you got to worry about NXT. And I'm wondering what they're going to do. Cause everybody, for so, so so anybody who was bitching about Charlotte being there, you know what I mean? Now you got to worry about a lot of other people showing up there.
2: Everybody could show
1: up. Hey, listen, if anyone remembers the end of ECW, you probably don't because it just kind of got washed away by Raw SmackDown. <laughs> Before you knew it, <laughs> guys were just all over and it was just another don't show. Don't you that know could be... Ezekiel Jackson was the last DCW World Champion? Yep, Ezekiel Jackson. That's right. They're going to quietly are going to get Ezekiel
2: Jackson, fucking NXT Champion. Congratulations. Going to
1: let it snip away, guys. Is that what you wanted? You want Vince watching everything? Well, guess what? Now he is. Now he's watching all these shows more than us, probably.
2: No, no, and so, no, no, just know when NXT goes to shit, I don't want to hear not one of y'all complain.
1: Now, listen. To be clear, I've always thought that Vince isn't fully the problem. I don't know what is yeah. anymore. I still blame the writers more, and the fact that he keeps hiring them. Vince has had some great ideas and done some interesting stuff. So I hate to be—I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, "Oh God, it's Vince." I'm—I'm I'm just letting you know that now it's Vince. So it doesn't matter yeah. whether I'm saying, yay, Vince, or, all, oh, Vince, it's Vince. <laughs> you <laughs> what know? You, what, what
2: you get is what, you what you're going to get. That's
1: what you're going to get. You know what it is? A lot of wrestling fans don't get it right now, man. They don't understand. Look at that. <laughs> <I> like that spark. Zuni Vega having a ring apron tantrum. Well, there Thank you, you go. for that, George. Welcome to the club, Jack. So. There's going to be change. And I can't say the bad because I don't agree with the majority who blame everything on Vince. He created all of this. I think that there's some good stuff. But I'm just saying that at the end of the day, now you're stuck with it no matter what happens. And a lot of people who are younger than us are probably not used to this. So that's probably one of the reasons why lately this one's been getting more attention than a lot of the other times that there's been turnovers in writers. Because you're not used to the fact that everything resets back to Vince and that that's all there is and you have to deal with it. This has been my whole life here you know what i mean like there's no reason (laughs) yeah there's no reason for me to be like oh my god this has literally been my whole life here you know how many we are sitting here literally like up here we go again this is just the way it is guys this is the natural course of things it goes to show to me it's the most normal thing i've seen (laughs) in like all of 2020 this is how it's done vince defaults everything back to him and then we go round and round and round and yes you were correct uh heady vintage a lot of it has to do which we talked about before they're not happy about the ratings but they're not going to say especially when you think about wwe they're not going to say they're not happy about the ratings versus aew when it comes to nxt they're going to just say they're not happy about the ratings kind of like they did with and smackdown
2: clearly it's because cause, cause it's a marathon not a sprint kick.
1: clearly it's going to be because they're getting their asses kicked there's no question if and they're but about it at the end of the day dynamite did six hundred seventy-seven thousand viewers at a 0.23 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic with NXT bringing in 673,000 to the 0.20 in 18 to 49 demographic. This is the closest it's been. That's literally 4,000 viewers apart that these guys did. This is the closest that they've come since, uh, I don't know how many weeks it's been. They've had like one hell of a streak though. It's been a while.
2: Yeah. They've lost like twice this year and that's it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's definitely going to have to do with those ratings. So if you want to blame anyone besides Vince, blame AEW for 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 kicking NXT's ass so bad that Vince felt I have to go in and save them from AEW. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because you know what? Even though Vince they people claim that Vince doesn't watch NXT, I suspect that he does watch AEW. And if watching AEW made him decide to watch NXT, which there's irony in that in itself, <laughs> you, <laughs> you, then here we are. Welcome to the Monday Night Wars, fellas.
2: <laughs> Strapping. You think that this is the first
1: time that this ever happened? Don't you? For, did you forget that during the Attitude Era, Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara were the head writers for WWE, and then in the middle of the Monday Night Wars, they left and went to Nitro, and then they started controlling all the NWO stuff? You forget oh, that? God. You forget that Terry Taylor was brought in later on in the middle of that Monday Night War? You forget Holy all these things? And the first time I've seen this, you're gonna see it again. Don't be surprised if Paul Heyman winds up somewhere else. Oh, Are you kidding God. me? Paul Heyman's loose during this? <laughs> <All right. laughs> I wonder how long there's no, the, the no-compete closet. Does he have one? Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Oh, my
2: God in heaven.
1: Oh, Cornette watches everything.
2: I oh, was, of course he does. You, you know how we Cornette. know that about everything.
1: Exactly. I listen to Cornette enough to know he watches everything. Anyone following on, on Twitch or any followers on Twitter, YouTube, thank you for them. I don't know if we have everything set up for the simulcast right now. I'll definitely go and thank you all later on, though. We're still getting the, the hang of having this broadcast to so many places after all these years of not doing it. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this situation, and I can't really tell you what's going to happen here. I can just tell you that this has happened before. And unfortunately, now, on this road. NXT is now sort of stuck in this shuffle, which, yeah, that's it's not the greatest look for them. And they're not in the greatest spot. Yeah, unfortunately not. What do you think is the best case scenario on this?
2: Oh, man. Best case scenario for NXT... This is, this is the thing that I want to see. You talk about like the people from Raw and SmackDown coming down. I don't want it to be like, okay, Raw and SmackDown come by and they think, oh, yeah, just put those guys over and they'll get the ratings. Like, no. If you want NXT to shine, you give us the NXT we know that we have. And that's the NXT that, yeah, I'm going to say it, is better than Raw and SmackDown on a consistent fucking basis. Like you if you're gonna if you want these guys to triumph over, A- over AEW, you make it known this is the top show. Not Monday, not Friday, on Wednesday night, this is the place you want to be. But unfortunately, especially in the case of where guys like Charlotte Flairs, all these other people, it's probably not gonna be that way though. I mean, we have as they talked about on Raw, we even talked about last night, Bailey and Sasha are going home. They're going to defend their tag titles. It's going to be the first time I think those bells have been defended on to, um and NXT. So that's going to be good for them. But you got to keep going from there.
1: Yeah. And for everybody who attacked Paige, come on, man. I, I agree with her completely. It's like, and this is what I'm talking about. You're not allowed to say anything without everybody just getting directly angry at you. She mentioned that she felt that the women's tag team titles are not are being misused and they're just kind of in a shitty place. And everybody just like attacked yeah. her for it.
2: It I mean, like, they said from the get-go they were going to be defending on all three brands. They'd be defending on two.
1: That's kind of being misused. All the tag titles are being misused right now, if you ask me. But at the end of the day, it's weird that somebody could have an opinion on that like that. And just because it's Paige, they they treated it like, like they literally jumped on her. It was like, what the fuck? So she doesn't think that the tag titles are being used.
2: How about instead of jumping in, just give her give her a reason that they're being used correctly?
1: I mean... I don't think they're being used terribly compared to things I've seen. I mean, we had interesting and it's more not because of even the, the defending of them. It's more just because the people they've given them to have been good enough to be able to have like interesting exchanges. It's, it's, it's the people holding those titles that keep the titles interesting. The Nikki Cross, uh, Alexa Bliss tag team was interesting. They are yeah. still interesting. Uh, you know what I mean? Asuka and, um, and Kairi Sane were, were interesting they were they were interesting so far, i can't complain for me. about that so far and uh, who for me there? i think the
2: only hiccups was the iconics
1: the iconics which i still like and i think they weren't given a good rub i still find them interesting and now you got sasha mm-hmm. and bailey so i'm not i mean maybe she's talking about the match structure or the the amount that they're pushed or something like that i have no idea i can't uh i can't say for certain but yeah. I could disagree with her without being angry like that. Like this is what aggravates me about the internet today. When when someone says something you don't agree with, you can't just disagree with it. You gotta unfollow them, or unfriend them, or, or want to cancel them, or uh, or whatever. You can't just disagree. I disagree. Thinking about it, I think that there are worse titles that are being more misused out there than the women ones. And if anything, they at least always have a purpose. So I disagree with her, but I'm not gonna just go nuts.
2: Like for me, the women's tag titles are the ones that I find myself the most interested in. It seems like they're the tag titles that have the most going on at the moment.
1: I see you, George. With the whatever dude uh paged page freaking sparks.
2: <laughs> oh, George. Yeah, so
1: you know. What can uh, I really yeah. say, man? Yeah,
2: let's see what happens in Vince's NXT.
1: <laughs> I like how that's what it's called now, right? I like, mean,
2: we were talking about Hogan's Bullet Club, what, a few years ago? like.
1: Now we got Vince's yeah. NXT.
2: Oh, God, oh,
1: my. Right, so let's see what else has come across the news here. Apparently, let's see, this is involving the Saudi Arabia stuff. Oh, Jesus. Which we spoke about last year, where everybody was left on a plane. Uh, and there were rumors that they were held hostage and everything. Apparently, there there's a lawsuit going on. Oh, I didn't realize that there's a class action lawsuit against, uh, WWE because the stockholders want to know exactly what happened and why these people were kept for 24 hours. And, uh, two witnesses that are part of this class action lawsuit, anonymous witnesses, one being an anonymous WWE superstar and the other one that worked for the Sorty TV company said that, uh, everything that was reported that uh everything that was reported that all those other um people reported didn't happen and that uh let's see here there were armed military looking people outside the plane before wwe people were supposed to take off they were all in black and they were staring at them and blocking all the exits then the superstar said that the the, the, the anonymous superstar said that uh someone someone didn't want them to leave the country they said apparently a saudi arabian s- stewardess or someone who was in st- saudi arabian steward said that it looks like someone doesn't want them to leave the country and the pilot seemed extremely distressed and mark carano anyone who watches total diva you have seen him that's the guy who tells you when you're not booked at least that's what i consider him. mark carano um apparently said that the saudi, <laughs> that's exactly that, what it is that the saudi prince and vince mcmahon got into an argument uh on june 7th during the super showdown and uh Carano apparently said that Vince cut the live feed and that's what made the prince pissed off. So this is court testimony now, which is what we heard, and then later on they all said it was nonsense. And yeah, it was called a hostage situation. And uh he received text from wrestlers on the way back saying that they were being held there because Vince McMahon cut their television feed. And uh the second witness, apparently, I'm reading the sheets here, guys, so bear with me, that worked for the Saudi Arabian TV network. Um said that uh WWE and the Middle East Broadcasting Network couldn't agree on basic assumptions of a proposed deal. And apparently WWE wanted eighty million licensing fee. Jesus, eighty million licensing fee, and a projection of a hundred million over the top subscribers, which was based on the OSN numbers who watched WWE and they reduced the price asking for 50 million Vince reduced his price asking for 50 million but uh the Saudi Arabian TV company felt that the high they could go was 15 and a half million and Vince walked away and apparently WWE told investors in the earnings call that they were close to securing a deal but they were nowhere near close cuz this had already happened which i guess is part of what the lawsuit is about and we've spoken about this term here which ringside was nice enough to uh Bring up again, but we talked about legally a smoking gun, quote unquote smoking gun as a piece of incontrovertible, incriminating evidence, which is what seems, we seem to have on WWE right now. So as much as they were saying, Oh, the internet, the dirt sheets, they all say these things, these things that they say, we don't know. It's like, you know, you know what you did. The truth always comes out, man. That's the reason I'm honest as hell. <laughs> you know, it's like truth always comes out uh apparently whoever was in the wwe side of things basically according to did whatever they could to deny the story they spoke to journalists and they denied everything so i guess wwe whoever's in this case that wwe sent apparently is there to cover it up and uh apparently they said that uh one of the superstars went to a coworker and went straight to Tanner relation and said that they wouldn't go back to Saudi Arabia and others and others um, tried to do the same. But uh, apparently they abused their power and the future trajectory of their careers. If they did not go, which basically means that they decided, yeah, you could not go to Saudi Arabia or anywhere else. You could go home. Cause that's so, uh,
2: so reasonable.
1: What's making this an issue is the fact that it was all considered nonsense. WWE even went as far as calling it conspiracy theories. Remember? It was all just the dirt sheets going nuts. Yeah,
2: it was a conspiracy. It was a conspiracy.
1: We have that button still?
2: We should. Right? Like, <laughs> it I don't should know. be still there. <laughs> the our button I was waiting for it. But I was like, fuck it now.
1: Yeah, I don't know where the hell... Man, we have so many buttons now compared to back in the day. Yeah. Sometimes...
2: And we still ain't got that Mr. Burns Simpson button. I
1: that wasn't me, but thank you for the sparks, uh cool eyes.
2: Yeah, God I don't know.
1: I'm not gonna know where it is on uh on, on the fly like that.
2: Yeah, it's that's one of my old school buttons.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> we let you down, Yeah, you would think it would be right there, but hey, I guess not.
2: Right. Yeah, we don't use that one as much, so it kinda makes sense it uh, not being right I, there.
1: I promise I'll put it back. I don't know what happened. But uh I promise I'll put it back. But yeah, it is a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy that they kept that shit. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And then now it's coming out like I told you guys it would do.
2: That's the C-O-N. Conspiracy.
1: It really is. Not good at all. Okay. What else do we have on the menu to talk about here? Anything you want? If not, I'll just pick another story.
2: Eh, shoot, swing wild.
1: Here we go. So, New Japan... Apparently they're back, or they're coming back, huh?
2: Yeah, finally returning after a good few months away.
1: I'm really happy about that, you know, because I could use a little bit of a refresh. They had a press conference where they said they're going to reopen July 15th, so you're literally under a month away.
2: It's just under a month. Holy crap, I can't wait.
1: And this is after canceling 53 events. And they said the New Japan Cup tournament is going to be June 16th through July 3rd. And they're going to be changing it to the New Japan World Special New Cup 2020. So uh, they've already been in the process of doing COVID-19 antibody testing. And uh for now, it's going to be empty arena like it was here. But you'll be able to watch it in New Japan Pro Wrestling World. So It's
2: good to have them back.
1: It's very good to have them back. And we're hearing that it doesn't end there because apparently they very quietly while all of this was was going on, had tapings in California. So
2: now you're in New Japan, New Japan, Japan, USA.
1: Exactly. Uh, According to PW Insider, they said that about nine or ten matches were taped on a closed set. So uh, we're hearing that Jeff Cobb, Rocky Romero, TJP, Clark Connors, Alex Coughlin, uh, Carl Fredericks, and Mysterioso were in these tapings, Tom Taylor. uh, So... They quietly taped content.
2: That's awesome.
1: So you're going to have some New Japan content to look forward to.
2: Yeah, I, I can only watch last year's Wrestle Kingdom so many times.
1: And yes, you are correct. Who was that in the chat room that said, George, Impact is back too? That is the yeah. other one that has returned. And are back, back now. Yeah, yeah. They're like permanently back now. And no sooner than they're back Are they having a conflict Or one of their top talent It wouldn't be the good old days If it wasn't for Freaking Impact having issues With their top talent But yeah There's been issues With Tessa Blanchard Apparently Where according to Fightful uh, She was supposed to be At Slammiversary But she isn't actually Promoting herself Uh She was supposed to Send in promos uh, For the TV tapings And she didn't send Anything in at all Um So I guess they're having some sort of an issue, but she's been stuck in Mexico because of the travel restrictions. So we don't know if exactly what that happened, but right now I guess they're having some sort of a contractual issue where and she has their title. Doesn't she?
2: Yeah. She's still their world
1: champion. Dude. It's so, it's so easy. It's amazing that that title hasn't ever legit been stolen. Like Vince was worried about what he calls the Montreal (laughs) because you know how many times I, we were on here reporting a story where somebody is off contract and left with their title. And now, and I'm not even trying to sound sexist about this, but now you had one of your knockouts leave with your originally male-oriented title.
2: Just like bitch, this is mine forever.
1: I hope she keeps it.
2: That'd be great, wouldn't it? She go. It just becomes part of her gimmick. Show up at AEW and
1: throw it in the garbage. Oh yes. Can you imagine that shit? Oh, it'd be magical. This generation hasn't had one of those. Give them one. Give know, it to them.
2: You know what the bad part about it is? It would fit so much because it works so good for her. Oh, yeah, right? That it's sounds perfect.
1: Like the shit she'd do. It's perfect. Just throw their title in the trash. Let's see. Let's have that happen again. It's been years. I'm
2: telling right. you, like, I, mean, I have been itching for AEW to get a hold of her. Because if they turn that girl loose, oh, sweet baby Jesus. Yeah.
1: She'll be at... Yeah but that's the whole thing guys Apparently she's supposed to be a -a slammer But they asked her to send in some promos from Mexico Promoting the event And talking about how she'll be there And she didn't send in these Which is not a good sign Yeah.
2: So now it's a question is she really going to be there So
1: they're telling you that she'll be there Which is why you think she'll be there She's not telling you she'll be there So there is your problem right there Yeah You're right she is a boss And unfortunately that's not a good thing to be right now When you have their title (laughs)
2: That's not good for impact.
1: So, I hope that they. I was in all seriousness. I hope they get it back. I hope they didn't fuck themselves here. Yeah, they don't care. They'll just draw up another title, right? They'll get out the Crayola.
2: I mean, hey, Moose has the the original has the I think the last variation of the TNA championship. They'll just make that the one. Yeah,
1: they'll take out. They'll 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 pull. They'll dust off Jarrett's old gold gold fuck yourself title. No, the no, G- no, that no, one no. Was, the, GF, the GFS? The, go fuck the, you, the gold, gold Fuck <laughs> no. Yourself will be the name of this episode if we could.
2: do you put that piece of shit back on my TV screen. I'll
1: turn the ropes green.
2: Oh. And your neck. Or <laughs> <laughs> whatever touches the ropes first.
1: Oh, man. Tessa, come on, Tessa. You're tearing me apart, Tessa. <laughs> You're tearing oh, me apart. God. I hope she gets back
2: to it though. She's she's entertaining to
1: watch. <laughs> yes, yes, she absolutely is entertaining to watch. She's a little fat
2: ass. Yeah. It's fucking fun.
1: Like I hope that this works out for everybody involved. I'm tired of everybody being pissed off and in angry contracts and stuff. I,
2: yeah.
1: So we are also hearing that good old Evolve Wrestling, a company that I have watched since the single digits, back when no one knew who fucking uh Kalisto was when he was Samurai Del Sol and back when Sami Zayn with El Generico and Apollo Cruz was Uha Nation. And Roderick Strong was more or less the same.
2: See, much change about Roderick. But then again, not much is needed to.
1: Mm-hmm. We are hearing that they're having issues. So it apparently, we're hearing that they're almost at the point where they're going to be selling their tape library to WWE because of their financial troubles. And uh there may not be a way for them to get out of it. So... We're pretty much hearing that uh, they're selling their tape library and everything that they have to WWE. Neither side has confirmed nor denied this, but that would definitely be the end of an era. If WWE acquires them, which is the way that it looks like it's going to be asked Jericho to buy it. No, you know why you can't? Because at the end of the day, this is the company that WWE has been in bed with for a while. It's not even like they're just out of nowhere. Think about it. Austin Theory came from there. They have guys go back down a lot of the time. When you really look at it, Kalisto, Ha uh-huh Nation, a.k.a. Uh, Apollo Crews was in there. You know, there's a lot of guys. who Matt Riddle's been there. Matt Riddle, exactly. There's another Drew guy.
2: Drew Gulag, there. I mean, Catchpoint right there. Like,
1: yeah. So you got to understand that this is a company that it may pretty much get first dibs. It's probably going to become another little subsidiary of WWE in some way. I don't they're gonna know.
2: A, they're going to have a new live show on Thursday. If it could WWE evolve, like
1: everything's coming to life, but it's a different landscape. You know, it's a completely different landscape now. Oh, uh, so it yeah. really sucks. Uh, what else do we got here? Dustin Rhodes, good old Dustin Rhodes. Apparently, he's going to be opening up his own wrestling school.
2: Yeah, that's actually really cool. I'm surprised he hasn't had one already.
1: Yeah, wasn't he someone that we spoke about? If we could have five people on our writing team. Yeah. <laughs> I think he wound up on there. But yeah, he basically said that uh, his wrestling school's in the planning stages. He's always dreamed of having one. He's going to make it a reality. Hashtag roads wrestling.
2: Did you call it Fountain Youth Wrestling School? How to wrestle forever.
1: That'll be great for AEW talent.
2: Oh because, yeah. Yeah. I mean that the kind of mind that the things Dustin's been through over the years, like yeah, I, I just can't wait to see like a bunch of little black rains just running all over the place. No, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> of all the gimmicks you could have remembered his fucking WCW Black Rain. Seven.
2: Couldn't they was seven, but it got over.
1: Couldn't they have come up with something else that wasn't Black Rain? Anything else? Uh,
2: I mean you, you didn't like his weapon, Darkness Falls? You know? Why did
1: he need to have, like, a gimmicky thing? Just because he was Goldust over here and they couldn't use Goldust without being sued? You can't just do yeah, so whatever you want.
2: They're like, fuck it. Bin bag Goldust. Like,
1: Terrible. Right, no. the
2: time he got electrocuted.
1: No, I'm surprised the bot didn't grab that, that gold that was the safest comment there. But I guess it's safe enough.
2: And The bot was just like, you know what, the bot, the bot, you see, even the bot can appreciate funny social media.
1: Yeah, what him and Marlena did in their private time is their business. I kid, I kid. But yeah, in no seriousness, it'd be great to have uh, somebody that experienced. We know he ran the Divas for a while, and great, and great wrestling family. I couldn't think of a better person if you can't have oh, Dustin, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, if you can't have Dusty, I mean Dusty exactly. So,
1: yeah, really, really cool.
2: Best of luck to him.
1: Mm-hmm. So apparently, WWE has uh, stopped Billy Gunn from using the name Billy Gunn when he's in AEW.
2: Yeah, he's just Billy Like we don't fucking know He's Billy Gunn
1: So, uh Is his his real last name Is Gunn? It I think it be. is Either it is or We don't know I've never really looked Or cared to look But his son's name I Is Austin His son's name is Austin Gunn And apparently he filed trademarks For that and the Gun Club And that was okay Which I'm surprised The Gun Club worked Yeah You know bang it's, bang. it's practically The Bullet Club Even though it's not Trying to be It almost sounds Like the Bullet Club it's the Gun Club, and it's for I get it, it's for Billy Gunn. He should have just been Gunn and Son.
0: Gunn and Son.
2: <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, his name is not even close to Billy Gunn.
1: Wasn't it, uh, was it William something? Or... Not even close. What was it's it? Monty Kip Sop. I do remember that name, you're right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Ooh, I was not prepared to see that one I
1: Google Googled him. Huh? That was almost worse than Final Shawn Michaels. Flash!
2: Show oh, Shawn
1: Michaels with his Michael Hickenbottom.
2: Yo, I, th- the sad part about it is every time I hear his real name now, you know what I'm so mad that I instantly go to? What? Remember in TNA when Voodoo Kin Mafia was calling out DX? Uh huh. And they were using that government name. He goes, <laughs> I'll see you at the Alamo at high noon, Hickenbottom. <laughs>
1: I'm amazed that R-Truth is able to show his face back in this company after being part of that TNA shit that Voodoo Ken Mafia. Nonsense no, he thing. he was
2: never Voodoo Ken Mafia. He was gone long after that. Like, he was gone. Not, I think he was gone after uh, the Pac-Man Jones thing.
1: Are you sure? I remember him being there during a lot of the Vince jabs and stuff.
2: No, nah, that was just... uh, That was just... Well, at the time, he was Kip James and uh, BG. Oh, so he left? But he was with them at one point, right? He was with... um. He was well well there was a there was a period near the end of uh 3 Live Crew when Kip showed up and he was kind of like working with them loosely but like he um it was after 3 Live Crew broke up and it was when that was after he tagged with uh Adam Packman and Jones
1: It's weird he I was remember VKM athletic. being being Road Dog Billy Gunn and Truth
2: Yeah Truth was gone by that time That was uh, we he had Roxy Laveau at that time
1: hmm, fair Yeah But yeah Billy son of a gun.
2: (laughs) I'm still calling him Billy. They can fuck off. He'll
1: just be Billy. Which is what, uh, ironically, what The Rock called him, right? Yeah. Or or I think it was.
2: (laughs) Every time I hear just Billy, I'm going to think of that freaking Lex Luger thing.
1: Alright, so. Next we have an AJ Styles story here. Oh, yeah. What exactly happened was... He had issues with CM Punk, apparently. Who doesn't at this point? So, what is this story here? I'm going to share, first of all, the entire news article so that you guys can see it in the chat room there. That's interesting. All right. So, apparently what happened was uh, CM Punk made some comment about people who are not participating in Black Lives Matter. And he sort of, I guess, called out AJ Styles during this
2: yeah because aj really hasn't said anything
1: okay so this goes back to what we said a couple of weeks ago so he didn't do a black lives matter thing so cm punk called him out on it What a this was
2: the moment seven? i realized this was the moment i realized punk won't put jumped on the fox just so he could share on wwe and nobody gets asian
1: and they asked, "Like really, bro?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But but apparently, the Times of India asked AJ Styles about the comments, and 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 AJ Styles said, "Uh, I will not react at all." Coming from a guy like that, who I don't respect anyway, it doesn't really matter. Look, my job as a performer is to perform and get fans' minds off of the things that happen throughout the world. I'm not gonna react to people saying ridiculous and stupid things. Which, you know what? Not for nothing, but AJ Styles burned the shit out of CM Punk. Oh and, yeah. Uh, and he doesn't respect him, probably, you know, I, I can't even I'm not even going to try to psychoanalyze it. But there's a lot of things that Punk's done that I guess from a wrestler's perspective would make him lose respect. Like even with the way things were, the fact that he didn't finish off his contract uh, and the way he walked out and left things like that. And the reason I could say that that would make a lot of wrestlers not respect him is because although you are walking out on the company that you feel at the time is doing you wrong. You're also walking out on all of the people that are now trying that evening to put on a good product. It's going to not just affect the people who you're telling to fuck off like Triple H and Vince, but it's also going to affect the people, your brothers and sisters in the locker room who have to go on in 15 minutes, who've been really working hard on whatever their segments are, their things. And they really genuinely they're, they're not where you are. You know what I mean? Mentally, they're not where you are. They're okay with things. And why deprive them of having a good raw because of your shit? At least if you leave. At a planned point, even if you only gave a week's notice, you give them time to fix things. Walking away on the day during the performance fucks everybody over. Like, imagine if if the, this was Broadway. You know what I mean? It was like a, one of the things like Cats or Beauty and the Beast. And you had like one of your leads just before the curtain goes open. Just walk off, which I'm sure has happened. But you think of all the people who are part of this, who put work in for their, their roles and shit that got dressed and came out here that you just screwed. Exactly. And I think that might be part of the reason that they don't have respect for him.
2: And on top of that, like how everything's been since he's come to Fox is just shitting on one thing after the other. It's like, dude, what are you bitching about? Like,
1: I, he strikes me as the kind of guy in the beginning. I found it very unique and I almost dare to say classy, where when he left, we didn't hear a single thing from cm punk it was like wow cm punk one of the most vocal mic pieces in the entire wrestling business has left and he let everybody speculate which was beautiful even even moxley said recently like the silence drives people nuts he let everybody speculate about where he was what he was thinking and what caused it and it say what you want about him but that almost left people into their own interpretation and let them decide for themselves whether they like or respect this guy or not then he did that call Cabana podcast which basically ended their friendship because the two of them got into a lawsuit and then they wound up suing each other over it so there's some irony there but it almost feels like when he finally did that call Cabana podcast where he talked shit like he almost had like an explosion of shit to talk that still hasn't filtered all the way down the toilet since like, it's like he held on being quiet for so long that when it was finally time to talk, he couldn't stop talking. He was like, blah, blah. he was like the Tasmanian devil, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, and he just hasn't stopped. And it went from being disrespectful. I'm not going to say anything. I have nothing to do with it. To now it, it's like, I have nothing to do with the business, but I'm also not going to shut the fuck up about it. I don't care about it. Nothing about it, you know, interests me. I've moved on from it. But I'm just going to talk massive amounts of shit about it for a living. It's literally the opposite of where he was. Complete opposite. And it's the point where it's like, it's not even funny anymore.
2: It's just irritating.
1: And I've never disliked the guy. You know, I always thought he was great. But it's just, it just feels like there's no need for that right now like you're not not going to be part of the solution don't be part of the problem like i get it some of it is funny and we even play on here when it is but damn Final does it all have to be that thank you guys for all of the sparks today george and cool and everybody that is awesome stuff right there love us some sparks like
2: right. yeah
1: <laughs> i don't want anybody to donate i appreciate when you guys do but we don't, we don't yeah. need to do any of that yeah, you we don't ask here, for this, If you yeah. really want to ever help com- the community, you know, you, we're on Twitter, you know, or whatever your social media platform My preference is Twitter, but you can like the stuff, support our tweets, retweet stuff that has to do with us. You can follow me at Rick Daraman, or Destin, who has a way weirder one.
2: Yeah. Dion. Really? Okay.
1: But it's on the, uh <laughs> You could change it by the way, but it's on. It's it's on. He's tagged in it, so you could see him there. Like he's tagged on the top. You could t- just go to at Talk Brunch if you just want to follow the brand and not support one person individually. Just retweet, share this stuff, tell your friends. That's enough. That's more important to me than the money. That's always All right. Enough. All right. Next story we got here. We got our girl Tammy Sunny.
2: <laughs> oh, I laughed and then I looked <sighs> up. Ooh.
1: So she tweeted. Oh no right? Two days in a row on hold with Lowe's customer service for two hours. Two different female black operators. Two times got no help, got attitude, and got hung up on. Way to represent your race and y'all wonder why. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Were you okay?
2: I had my phone in my hand. Just browsing through Twitter and then this dumb bitch, oh my God.
1: (laughs) You made me drop your phone yes that, that's pretty racist isn't it yo that is racism <laughs> two days in a row i have to read this i always have to read her shit read it more. again two like two days we're... in a row on hold with lowe's customer service for two hours two different female black operators two times got no help got attitudes and got hung up on way to represent your race and y'all wonder why y'all wonder,
2: wonder why, why motherfucker
1: wonder why What? what are you trying to justify here
2: the fact that nobody has a time for your irrelevant ass problems, bitch. Really?
1: And thank you, Heady Vintage, for the follow. I believe that must have been over at uh Twitter. I just noticed I can see it up in the notifications.
2: When uh thank you very much.
1: when it happened. Chip, you
0: know what? You just made the list. Oh no. Oh, here we go.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna make the notification pop no matter where you guys are. I'll have it by next week. I just it was busy enough putting the program together and just making all the new changes. You guys can see where new higher quality higher frame rate higher colors everything's Final improved so like, you know, everything's faster responses here and we're simulcasting so just give me time i swear that every time we come on there's a new upgrade and it'll continue to be that way how Because oh, yeah. we've upgraded since 2014 without me missing a week of adding something new whether you notice it or not we don't always bring it up now tammy you bitch that is messed up like
2: that is by far like, i don't think anybody on this show in this community should ever be allowed to defend this dumb bitch ever again like by yeah, far, I've, I've tried dumbest thing that's ever come out of that mouth.
1: I've tried, but now it's like I can't do it anymore, man. Like there's times that the that the internet has attacked her, and maybe this is the reason why, because of the fact that there are enough times of her being out of line that people feel justified when they just jump on her for no reason. And, and at I, this point, it's I, just I, like now. Now it's <laughs> it's beyond disrespectful.
2: over lows like really, dummy. Like, shit, first of all, whatever your problem was, no way in the world it was that serious. And then you go to social media. Yeah. And you wonder why you catch hell now. Like, I almost want freaking you and Jordan Grace to meet in an adventure. You could drive your ass into the ground. Like, that was the dumbest thing any person seen. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, how? See, this is what happens when you don't put just like filters on people. Like, 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 put a muzzle around that stupid ass mouth of yours, and just like, shut up. Like, if you if you don't have anything intelligent to say, just shut up. Which, in your case, that means just shut up. Like,
1: yeah, really. All right, let's get her dumb ass off the screen.
2: Right. Let me, fuck around ahead? and catch something just from that. One.
1: Your buddy seems to have returned. He's like a supervillain here. Oh, uh, <laughs> this freaking performance! This performance center stalker is Yo. Back.
2: I shit y'all not. One of the wrestling groups, uh, one of the wrestling pages I follow, actually, they shared the fucking live video of this guy. I sat there for a solid 40 minutes, just marveled. (laughs) I can't give him
1: 40 minutes.
2: No, no, not at all.
1: I don't even want to share this. So apparently he got into something with Dana Brooke and Lacey Evans.
2: Yeah, basically, let, he me, was... let me see.
1: Hold on. Because if that's what this video is, I want to watch it first. I don't know if that's what it is, so no promises. But if that's what this video is, <sighs> then uh, I, wanna, I don't want it spoiled.
0: I'm not turning heel, though. All right, you won't turn heel and I'm not McMahon wants my family jewels. They said they were trying to crown me in Saudi Arabia. That's how big they were he leave me right here and I'll give you everything that you want I do that then he's gonna to try to shoot me you know, he will shoot they're gonna take Even. me back to jail and I'm One, two, right here he won't do nothing he ain't gonna shoot nothing all I need to do is right here that's it I'll
1: don't go he near, don't near her bro he
0: can I get She a pinky would fucking I
1: ruin run. him <laughs> oh my five. god can you imagine you're gonna take me to- oh
2: it'd be the funniest oh, thing months. ever see in my life
0: five, it's a I trap shoot. it's a trap. I met you it halfway. Is a fucking I came trap. all the way from my crib down the street. Hey, I'll meet you halfway right here. Five seconds and I'm leaving. You want the handshake? Five, four, three, I want a hug. Three. I'll give come on. I'll give you a hug.
2: Five. Four, <laughs> for real? Girl, you gonna catch something. He's, three, go, he's three,
1: gonna shoot me. You gonna you it. gonna take me to jail for this? You have five
0: seconds. See? Alright, well, that's your opportunity and you lost it. So either you make the decision or I'm leaving. One, two,
1: three. He's scared. The opportunity was he gave you
0: debut on Monday Night Raw? You're a bitch. This is
1: your chance, honey. It's
2: one day it like, a What
1: happens when you've never seen a woman who's close up? You've never seen a woman or a superstar. Obviously, you don't make
0: the decision. Your chance is up. Stay there and make a pull out of yourself.
1: Okay. Let's go. Let's go where? Let's go he's crazy. Go. He probably that's probably it, guys. Because People like like he's level. probably never have girls before. He probably, to He's intimidated in two on. ways. You guys are gonna he's, take the colour. He's too crazy. This guy is really a problem. Yo, if you're huh? gonna, gonna get a, a hot nuts.
2: So it's a trap. We'll just make
0: common sense decisions. Common sense. Common sense is Lacey and all you divas are trying to set me up to go back to jail. Hell nah! I love my freedom too much. I know. That's why they're trying to chop off my ring finger and put it in a refrigerator. To re- bail McMahon out of debt for his extreme football league. No.
1: Yo at one point, to he said that McMahon cut his him? finger off. He Drunk told me. It. Listen, dude. If WWE <laughs> had your finger chopped off, I think at that point, you would definitely get an intervention from Wesley Snipes. I mean, there's no way that your dad is going to allow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on, man. At that Yo, point, I mean, I've seen this dude so, fight vampire.
2: So, on <laughs> your highlights, at one point, I guess he was talking about the fact that his shit was greener than everybody else's. He kept mentioning a bucket. Oh no! At one point, at one point, I think there was this guy. I don't know who he was, but he like he, he, he they almost looked like they were gonna get into it, and they walk down the street, and he's literally sitting there like, "If you get close to me, I swear to God." Like it
1: was. <laughs> George said, <laughs> "Lacy still running military missions for WWE." She sounded like she wasn't fucking around. That's well, how come he, not- That's how come he didn't take the hug. The hug didn't sound sincere to me. That's not you about to get a women's right when I fucking hug like it. Yeah, let's not forget. Yo, you know this is a this is a trained marine, right? When I saw this shit, I couldn't believe I was witnessing it live.
2: You caught him while he I, was I know, streaming it. I, I no, no. I'm talking about like when I was watching it like on Facebook. <laughs> I think at one point I even messaged you. I don't know if you ever saw it, but I was like, "Dear God, the PC guy is live on Facebook." <laughs> oh. Because in my head I'm going, I can't believe this is real. I gotta tell somebody. <laughs> It's like, see, it's like seeing yeah. Bigfoot. Like, oh, shit. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and that shot, the best part is that shot, my favorite part. Because he starts doing, like, calisthenics or some shit. Motherfucker was like, You want to do a performance? He does a weird ass, like, I don't know what it was. Like, Really? Yes. <laughs> it, I, it was the damnest thing. It was the weirdest, like, workout calisthenic shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, this video was bananas. All right. Like, <laughs>
1: If you want, plug it later. On. I'm not sharing it. I have it set here for the bot to share it to social media. I can't promote this guy's shit, man.
2: I never share his stuff out.
1: I never share his yeah, stuff out.
2: Oh, God. Yeah. If I, if I can ever track it down, I'll probably share it through myself so you will have to sacrifice. Man. Oh, God. No, no. He's not getting over. He uh uh-uh. he, 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 He's getting a free admission to the Looney Bin. That's what he's getting. That's a special kind of crazy right there. Looney
1: Bin crazy, right?
2: Like I say there was. How I was has he not alarm. been committed though? Like, how has this guy
1: not been taken away?
2: I have no idea. There were times when I was watching it, and I'm sitting there going, "Okay, anytime now, he's gonna drop the gimmick. Anytime now, anytime now." And I'm sitting there going, "He's still going." <laughs> no, his
1: gimmick <laughs> is part of him.
2: It's like Undertaker levels of commitment. The like motherfucker said, "I will never break stride." Like, George is right. Undertaker levels of commitment. That motherfucker decided 30 years ago, I'm going to get crazy from sun up to sun down. Fuck it. Like, that's the kind of guy where it's like, you wonder if he even sleeps.
1: I'm sure he does. He probably expels all his energy and is dead to the world.
2: (laughs) He's only crazy. He's only normal when he's asleep. Oh, shit. (laughs) I saw that shit happen and I was like, I wonder if it's going to come up tonight. I was like, it's close enough. It might.
1: (laughs) Oh, it did. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. It totally did. Okay. All right. We got to get him the hell off of our Tron there. Yeah. He said maybe it's Enzo's kid.
2: Oh, if that's the case, that's the one time where Enzo should have pulled out.
1: Okay. Let's continue here. Just needed a sip of that coffee before we jump to whatever else we have. We have, uh...
2: Yeah, D-crazy for a second. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so the Forgotten Sons. There's more news on them. We spoke last week ah! about... how Yeah, ha. Too bad when the try and cuts <laughs> it out for me. Try and cuts it out for me, man. It's only there when we, when we're not, you're not interrupting something important. But thank you for the sparks and, and the Charlie Brown. I love watching him miss the football. <laughs> one of my favorite things. It's every <laughs> Miss the football. You know, my favorite one, quick segue before we get into this. My favorite one was the one where he learns how to be invisible. Oh, if, yeah. So he legit was kicking the football over and over again. And like she couldn't see where it was. But then finally, towards the end of the, of the night, like he started, it started to wear off. So, like, she's looking, and all of a sudden she's like, What the? And, like, the only thing that became visible was like his teeth, and like think, I think, like the feet. So, you just see like these smiling teeth coming at her faster and faster. <laughs> and finally, just before he's about to do that kick, she yanks, and you hear ah! like that sound he used to make.
2: <laughs> there are certain things that have lasted the test of time, and that bit is one of them. That
1: is definitely one of them. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, so the Forgotten Sons, apparently, like we talked about Gunner, as we knew him in TNA, Jackson Riker tweeted about Donald Trump. And a, people, around, and a lot of people turned heel on him or accused him of turning heel. And, uh, according to Fightful, they lost their push, which I told you, I was like, oh, that's it. the end of that. Fightful saying that, uh, they, they were, uh, supposed to be getting a push, but after that, they said that, uh, they they lost it. They said he was like before this, but, um, Apparently the other two guys distanced themselves from him. They even, uh, went to, to, a meeting with Mark Carano and other wrestlers, leaving him out of the meeting. And, uh, they stopped playing video packages of these guys. They weren't at the last set of TV tapings. Uh, they were, they're not in the plans for the next set of TV tapings. Uh, they were supposed to have like a feud with new day. Apparently that's been told. They've been told that that's off the table now. Um, and, uh, there's no heat on Blake or or Cutler or whatever his name is. Uh It's mainly heat on him. And most people apparently feel bad that they're being caught up in it. So they might, who knows, maybe they will do something for them. But like I said last week, he, on the other side, sounds fucked.
2: Yeah. Oh, he oh. was far burned up.
1: Damn, man. I've watched this guy, Gunner, since fucking he was with Murphy in TNA when they were security. Remember <laughs> like jeez and we talked about the grind that he made all that and a donald trump tweet ended everything for this dude man tough bitch man i can't believe it man rest in peace push what are your thoughts on him losing the push because do you think that it's well deserved do you think he deserved it do you think he should have shut up do you think they should have not taken it seriously or or how, how do you feel
2: so when i look at it it'd be one thing if he was just running down somebody's lifestyle. It'd be one thing if he was just like, let's say like shooting off at like a higher up or something like that. All he did was support the leader of the country that this man has killed people for. So it bothers me because I'm like, so his opinion that didn't realistically affect anybody else basically screwed things up for the three of them. Like even saying it, then I'm trying to figure out what he did that was so terrible as to kill their entire push, which basically they were set for a push with their tag team champions. Like, is, this, like is Stace, this what the world like, is
1: now? And, and like Stace puts this point out, from a company of Trump supporters, the corporate aspect of it, yes, but not the locker room, which is funny that you would think that being good in corporate and not what the locker room generally gets you in. But, you know, everything's turned on his head. Because if I'm corporate, I'm like, fuck what the locker room thinks. He buried himself faster than Lars. Can you believe that? Think about that, George. I'm glad you brought that up. Can you believe that it, it almost looks like they're more forgiving of you not telling them that you were in guy on guy porn than they are that you chose a president to support the current president?
2: Fucking nuts. Oh, man. I don't even get it anymore.
1: You're, you're telling me all of that sucks.
2: Like for all three of them, really? All three? Why mm-hmm. all three gotta go? They'll do a good job of like uh, trying to pretend that we all remember shit. Just put the other two out there. Write them off an injury angle, something. No, all three gotta go.
1: All three had to go. All right. Well, in other news, EC3 bought his WWE action figure, apparently. <laughs>
2: I literally just heard about this earlier. Did you?
1: I'm just hearing about this now. I don't do that. Wow. Let's see what the hell this is here.
2: Like when I say earlier, I'm talking about in the middle of Rick so and really. Cool. My very own action figure. Here he is.
0: There you go. Yes. There you go. Thank you. Cheers. Oh, wow. That's pretty expensive. How much is it? $25? Wow. Damn. How cool is it to buy your very own action figure at a Target? That's not-
1: Garbage, 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 garbage.
0: Oh!
1: For anyone that's listening on iTunes or whatever, EC3 put his uh, put his own, bought his own action figure, wrung it out, went outside and threw it in the trash. That's what he thinks of it, right? now.
2: That's funny. That made me laugh.
1: That is. As you would say, too real. He too real. It's art imitating life because that's what they more or less did to him, right?
2: That looks like got so meta in such a quick second.
1: He sure oh, did. God. All right. I think we're good here. It's time to, well, uh, let's talk about the weeklies because we do have to talk about the weeklies a bit. That's like the most important thing here. We're like yeah. we're making good time and I want to continue to do that. So AEW Dynamite, you can bring up whatever the hell you want. We don't go over everything anymore. We could bring up whatever the hell you feel like, and I'll, I'll do the same.
2: Yeah, actually, truth be told, one of the things um, I actually wanted to bring up briefly was, I believe, from uh, This Past Dark, because we got a little bit of a reunion. Okay. Basically, uh, the main event for this dark was John Moxley versus a man by the name of Robert Anthony. For you don't right, know that his, name, He
1: uh, was his old buddy from a long time ago or something from CZW. Right, right. I remember seeing yeah. the pictures and hearing the story. You are correct. And Moxley
2: was actually Moxley was actually really excited about this match because it was basically a, uh, re- I think he said something along the lines of "It's going to be stiff, but it's going to be fun."
1: Yeah. And cool, we're running short on time, man, and we were basically talking in general, not specifically to yeah. you, but and we're trying to get this shit wrapped up here, you know,
2: got shit Yeah, today. it was a busy one, it was, yeah, on. but maybe one of these days, but yeah, it was um really cool, of course, Moxie wanted to go down over the cloverleaf, made Anthony tap out, but it was cool to see uh, Moxie have a reunion with an old friend, so, that's good to hear, you don't see too many of those very often, so. Right, right. And you could see throughout the match he was genuinely excited. So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but Dynamite itself that was very, very entertaining. Had a little cameo. I mean, one of the things that stuck out right for me was the Darby Allen promo where I saw Tony Hawk for the first time in like six years.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> look, was. Darby Allen needs to be. I get it. It's cool and everything, but don't be don't be stupid my man. Did you yeah. see what he did? I'm going to show you what he did when we was he in a hotel room with Tony Hawk. Yeah,
2: it was like a little like, mini skate park or some shit. I don't...
1: Look at what he does here.
2: Oh, this. There's a fine
1: line between no fear. Like, am I the he, only fucking person here who thinks that's not even, that's fucking crazy. He goes three feet to the left. Snap snap. Dude. Oh, he he jumped out of the hotel into the pool? Fuck that. (laughs) What do you have to prove? (laughs)
2: Undertaker levels of commitment. I am crazy on camera. I am crazy off camera.
1: Not fucking worth it, man. Not worth it at all.
2: Good thing he picked a deep end. That's
1: not like a I can't even fuck. believe it. Fuck. Tony he Hawk does. allowed this to happen.
0: You gotta <laughs> so tell this guy, listen, dude,
1: you are too young. I'm an old man because I didn't do dumb shit like this. Go, look at this. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know this happened. Jumped off the balcony into the pool. I know, you know people are curious part, about seen this. I've
2: people do that before and it ends terribly. Of course it ends terribly. You're not supposed to do that shit. Imagine if there were shallows, a little more shallow than he thought. Oh, my God. I'm going to roll the shit out of both his ankles. But that yeah. would been the, it would have been the funniest injury.
1: But, yeah, there was a video package with Darby Allen hanging out with Tony Hawk. You guys can watch the actual W. I AEW. I just wanted to show you a little thing. They didn't show this. I wanted, I wanted you guys to see that.
2: I didn't know this existed. Like, yeah, It's
1: crazy. Anyway, continue.
2: Uh, But, yeah, I mean, standout things. We got the first official match of FTR going over Butcher and the Blade.
1: Yeah, FTR, Butcher Blade, no bunny here. You know, now that they have the real thing, they don't need the imitation anymore. Exactly. You know, and they went over
2: um, with their basically was their new um, finish, was was the spike pile driver called the Mindbreaker.
1: Yes, it is called it's called the Mindbreaker. And uh, there's this double spike pile driver. And they also renamed the Shatter Machine the Goodnight Express.
2: Yeah, which they tried, to, I think they hit on the Butcher, I believe, and they kind of struggled just a tad bit because, I mean, he's a little chunky monkey, so,
1: mm-hmm. but it's
2: good to see they're still using the
1: move, so. Yeah, and for anyone who doesn't know what their official, uh, entrance is, I'm gonna take a look at it here. say, yeah, oh. Gonna
0: take a little getting used too, right. down, them, but to, but I like to just the past and what it you move your ass
2: the way.
1: I like that man. I really do. I, really I like that <laughs>
2: nice. A little bit of a NWO vibe. Was yeah. I the only one catching
1: them? Was that?
2: Was I the only one catching like a hint of like a NWO vibe with like the filter with the end?
1: Well just well, the the black and white I guess.
2: Yeah.
1: That really works. They did a really good job capturing the, the, the feel of what they, they are, you know?
2: Oh yeah. Down, dirty and green.
1: Cool, oh, I like I'm
2: it. so I like happy it. they're here. That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah.
1: I'm excited about this. Now it with some wrestlers. they so we'll got get to do wrestling stuff. But yeah, they had that de- debut course, match against Butcher and Blade. Very cool stuff. Of
2: course, uh, the Bucks want them coming out and very much saying it's nice to meet you finally. So...
1: Yeah, but yeah, getting they're never they're so properly. closer
2: to that Young Bucks FTR match we've waiting for.
1: Yeah, they talked about how they didn't properly get to introduce themselves last time, but then they were going to get to. But then that gets interrupted by a bunch of heels and a whole bunch of uh, a brawl breaks out, and then even uh the other elite guys wind up coming out to try to defuse things there.
2: Yeah, it hey, got a little crazy. Yeah, I love what? how Jericho, who was out there with Floyd the Bad on commentary, I love how every time Omega so much gets on camera, he just gets pissed. He goes, "Look at Omega." But it's stupid no, it's like, "Calm down. <laughs> he does it every time <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: so then uh, the revival I believe this was exclusively online but they they had like a little bit of a post interview where they just talked about their experience being here
0: you guys had an amazing debut on Dynamite tonight and a lot of looks from the coaches and AEW what's your thoughts oh, um, you know, kind of exactly how we planned it this, this went better than expected for us um, been a while since we've been in the ring so you never really know what to expect you got some rust but it felt like old times out there
2: and like you said we had a bunch of coaches out there and it's all guys that we've looked up to our whole careers and then we kind of model ourselves after so to have their eyes and knowing what they can bring to the table and help us with that's exciting man no- wonder everybody likes him way more than like
0: me. He's a little humble boy, huh? Well, I ain't too humble. Of course we had the eye of all those guys. I mean, we're the absolute best tag team on this planet and there ain't a a team in this company, there ain't a team around the world that could put a sock on my foot that holds the boot for them to lace it. Ain't gonna happen. So of course we had Arn and Tully and Jake and and everyone else watching uh, watching the the debut of FTR because the debut of FTR means there's a little bit more money, a little bit more prestige coming to this promotion and coming to the tag team division. And now, you're welcome. You've got the pinnacle of the tag team division, and that's FTR. But for now, until next week, FTR out goodbye.
2: See, I good know I'm putting socks on too. See, mm-hmm. Bet you won't tweet
1: then you want to put good old socks.
0: Oh god,
1: yeah. Don't forget that. That uh, I probably won't. I mean, I fucking coined it, but just in case, my mind's scatterbrained lately.
2: Oh, believe me, you you, you know you know how it writes into
1: Yeah, so the inner circle they basically wind up uh, beating Orange Cassidy with oranges they pick up oranges this
2: was amazing they
1: wallop that motherfucker with all with, with oranges jericho's such a heel <laughs> he takes a big sack of oranges, busts bust him over there he even pulls an orange out he bites into that shit like it's an apple like he's carlito he's like even though you're not supposed to do it and that's the wrong peel that's what a rebel uses. like he's starts spitting it all over Heel jericho with the orange in his mouth poor cassidy bleeding we got color y'all as cooler would say because he he got orange busted open blood orange is what jericho called it right
2: I love it. I love how he goes "Or oh, Cassie He just got juiced. I was like, oh
1: my god. That sounded so bad. It sounded like something you would hear from McBain. You remember McBain and the Simpsons? It <laughs> was like an imitation Arnold Schwarzenegger slash Bruce Willis. He was their own guy, McBain. It sounds like some oh, shit oh. that you hear like, oh, you just got juiced. You know, it's like, is this seriously <laughs> happening
2: now? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking insane.
1: I can't believe some of the shit that they do during this.
2: <laughs> I never thought I never want to see Jericho beat a man with a bag of oranges, but I need to see it again. You uh, know what I wanted to be? I I think I even told you earlier, like I wanted to be like freaking like like it's like it's a signature weapon, like when Abyss used to bring out the tax and TNA, like oh god, Jericho's got the orange.
1: Oh man! So uh, <laughs> so Matt Hardy uh shows up here. To confront Sammy Guevara. I don't know if they're trying to push Sammy Guevara to be a babyface because he's doing the whole thing. He has nothing against the guy. But this was nuts because he brings out the Matt 2.0 stuff, but it's not called Matt 2.0. What was it called again? It had a different name.
2: Oh, shit. I can't even remember. I don't even remember recall. what it
1: was. But Because uh, well,
2: it wasn't Matt 2.0. That's what's but, so weird but right? was, like, So they
1: wouldn't get sued. But yeah, they did the Matt 2.0, the little screen and stuff with the graphic. And he turned into all the different Matt Hardys as he's coming down the ramp, not becoming like... It's a little bit much, you know? Like, I kind of wish that... uh. Just so it doesn't lose its um uh, its entire mystique, I wish he would just stick to certain ones for a certain amount of time. Like the way Foley yeah. would do. Like don't just turn on the fly like that. You know, don't be weird. Like
2: but. I kinda like I'm I'm kinda like on the fence about it. like I like it sometimes and I hate the others. Like sometimes I'm just like, yeah, stick with one for a minute, but then I also
1: like the fact we don't know what Matt Hardy we're gonna get this week. Exactly. I'm I'm right there with you.
2: It, it's it's kind of a like hit or miss. Like I don't like I almost don't like it or hate it
1: and you know what man not for nothing I, I get that everyone likes the uh the woken Matt or the broken Matt or whatever but the few times he's turned back into like the regular Matt it's made me actually miss that Matt and those promos Whereas he sounds like a regular guy talking about how he's made these guys go way the back you know and it's kind of like you know what it reminded me it's like we all forget that the guy's just generally a good promo not just when he's in these crazy gimmicks because whenever he switches sometimes it's more intense when he's just a regular Matt Hardy you know so I kind of like want to see more of that I don't need to, I don't need to always yeah. be entertained like all that other stuff's fun no gamer, but I don't need that all the time you know what I mean
2: I think what the, what it seems like the AEW is doing and it's actually good they're doing it this way they're making it so when Broken Matt or Damascus shows up it's special
1: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I you don't that. get burnt out on it yeah
1: uh well it stood out to me. Is Moxley getting assaulted by Killer Cross in the parking lot or whoever that guy is again? What's his name?
2: <laughs> Brian Cage.
1: Brian Cage, same shit. <laughs> same shit. Just shit. one of them just doesn't have a girlfriend. Anyone like, can uh, wrestle. I legit I didn't even mean to fuck him up like That's that. Like.
2: <laughs> up. Cage can wrestle, <laughs> sir. Alright, whatever,
1: man. Killer Cross and Moxley have this, this parking lot brawl. He did it again to you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's like what had to be all for me. I'm losing yeah.
1: track of all these big, mean looking dudes that are the same shit going on you know. Whatever, whatever. Some guy attacked Moxley. He'll get him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just know for the third time he just gave up. Some guy. <laughs> oh, shit.
1: I'm a better name. Jesus. Um. Cody had a match against Mark Quinn, which I give credit to them for having such a solid match and making this guy look so good. I don't like the new private party music as much as the old one. The old one was really fun. This one is not so much. I, I, yeah, I get what they were one... going for, but the old, I used to, I mean, I, they took everything I liked away from their interest. I used to really like the old music with the guy there and give money and you get, get put, put through the thing. I used to look forward to that shit and now it's just totally gone. It...
2: My whole thing with the new one, it just feels like there's a little less energy there. It feels more tame. That's what it is. One.
1: That's what it is. The old I, I, one had think, like like it's totally get excited, you know?
2: Like it's mm-hmm. not even that I don't like the new music, I just don't like the pacing of the new music. Yeah,
1: cuz I used to I used to feel excitement cuz you know that they're both good in the ring and then like they're doing that. It was like a good hype song, you know? Yeah. and and it's was just gone. I'm gonna miss that. because That was cool. I always, it, without me knowing, remember think about it before I even knew I was gonna change. I always talked about how that was one of my favorite things, just the way it looked and sounded. And it's like I don't know what happened there, but
2: I'll I'll, uh, I'll eventually adjust and get used to the new music. But it's just there's something about that old that like, original one. But
1: they got to bring the guy back at least, you know, the 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 bouncer. Yeah, that that to me that's half at least. Make him a manager <laughs> or something, man. Pick a good guy that's like then, man. Make him a manager. You know. Yeah. Uh, what else happened? We had a, we had a freaking, uh, Hager attack at one point, right? Where
2: yeah, Hager, gone? uh, went after Cody after he the match.
1: At the end of this. And then, uh, man, the private party guys show up and even though one was all fucked up, they threw their chairs at the guy. Like literally this guy's blocking chairs with his arms and face.
2: The motherfucker got two <laughs> Sabu chair tosses.
1: Yeah, they, and then, you know, Jim Ross is putting over how it took all of them doing all of this to, uh, to get him out of the ring and he staggers back up the ramp. Lots of interesting stuff going on. Anything else stand yeah. out to you
2: about AEW? Um, That was pretty much it. I mean, Cody made it clear, hey, you get your championship match at Fighter Fest. So.
1: Yeah, good stuff, you know. Which It'll... is
2: literally going to be subject to change because he's still going to be defending the belt every week.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I like that.
2: So it's going to be very unpredictable. So. Yeah.
1: NXT. Um... Things that stood out to me. I'm Roderick Strong. Thing. Poor Roderick Strong being given an angle where he's scared of Dexter Loomis and the guys are materializing out of everywhere. It's like kick that guy's ass. What are you doing? You're Mr. Wrestling.
0: <laughs> you were former hey, Ring hey, hey, of Honor Mr. World Mr.
1: Champion. Mr. Wrestling probably got taken to the booty dungeon. Used to beat up Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards all the time. And, and and anyone who knows the Indies knows that's a big fucking deal. You're not going to be some guy who beats those two two up if, if you're not serious shit. You should not be scared of Dexter Loomis.
2: I tells you, but tell you something about Dexter Loomis if he has <laughs> a
1: I don't know about that, man. I disagree. You're putting, I, like, I could put that guy above, above the, the kind of wrestler. I mean, I like him. I like the guy and I like the personality, but shit. He just got there. You have this guy in fear. I get it's a storyline, but meh.
2: You know. He's, he sold it well for me. Mm-hmm. He made me laugh.
1: You got me, AM, who, uh, you know she she was having her match with with her buddy her boyfriend her hubby keith lee against the garganos which was very good lots of unique offense like when uh when lee had both of them on his shoulders and then gargano manages to break free and then he hits lee making candace inadvertently tornado ddt lee and then he she kind of like pops for herself like look what i was able to do like she's all very proud that this happened uh just cool sequences and stuff i like i like this feud and i like them all together i think it all works really good
2: I love Mia getting to almost revert back to her indie days, and she German suplexed everybody.
1: Yeah, that. Yeah, you cool. can see. And
2: you she she got excited when she got the Johnny like, oh here we go,
1: motherfucker. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, the good stuff, good stuff. I don't know if the Robbie I, actually. You know what? Let's talk about the ending of this. Cause I thought it was really interesting. Shitty Gargano. So he goes for that uh, the that what is it called again? The uh, that spot that he does the DDT
2: it really they've never named it but it's It's like a draping DDT. ddt
1: you know it's almost like a draping it's like a slingshot draping ddt but at this point it was just a slingshot ddt and he's bringing keith lee down uh and candace is on the ground so he inadvertently splashes her when he gets ddt'd and uh this leads him to regain consciousness eventually and see what he did to candace and he's picking her up like sort of like the way the baby faces do he's like giving her honeymoon carry And Gargano takes advantage of that, and he covers him, rolls him up, and she rolls away, and he wins, and he goes away with her unconscious body. (laughs) Like, he's holding her hand up, like, she's celebrating. (laughs) like, yeah!
2: She was like, oh, God. Slime ball.
1: Slime ball.
2: This bitch is half dead. This motherfucker's like, Yeah! (laughs)
1: Robbie E. gets thrown in the trash by Rhea Ripley when he tries to press to be her manager. I wonder if that means that he's going to... Was that them writing him off? You know, that's the beginning Good of the man. changes. Vince doesn't like Robbie E. So now he's in the garbage and we'll never see him. Is this kind of like what happened to Buff Bagwell where Kurt Angle and Stone Cold showed him the door? Oh, God. That might have been it, man. I'm not saying oh, it is. Man. but But, I mean, they 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 took all his... Why would they break him off from being the manager? Like, I think that's it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see, though. We have Hijo de Fantasma. I called it. Yeah. So, wow. Look at I this motherfucker. You know let's show it. Just show it. I'm going to show you guys this shit. Can't even These believe it. They tried to get involved in the tournament finals match last
0: week. They've tried to go after Phantasma multiple times. Yeah, Maverick and Phantasma standing in the center of the ring, trying to keep the masked men at bay. You know their intentions can't be good. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. what about El Eo del Fantasma's intentions? Oh, oh my, my god. god! Wait a minute. Elio Del Fantasma and the two masked men just.
1: It was him all along. So he caused all of this
0: sportsmanship.
1: He even cost Drake Maverick almost his champion. job, but certainly his cruiserweight title. When? Are we supposed to know who those guys are when, when they're they masked?
2: That's Walking Wild and Wall Mendoza the two guys. you right. Got right.
1: It's DJ Z oh, and uh e. Del Fantasma and the Mendoza dude. You're right. I didn't recognize him.
0: This
1: does not bode well for he What the? So now he's in a mask guy, so he looks like everybody else. And they give him a that new shitty Santos. name, I heard, right? Yeah. Santos Escobar. I am <laughs> he sounds like a Mexican drug lord. This boy. is the last, was this the fucking last boss of a Far Cry game? No one does me. Oh my god, it's not good. Oh! Then they get the double splash. That's pretty shitty. Yeah, that name just killed it for me like that. Santos Escobar?
2: <laughs> he sounds like if you were making a shitty reboot to start the Scarface, that's what you named the guy. Uh, yeah, but I fucking called it. Yeah, <laughs> I saw it and I was like, no way. There it is.
1: It works, though. We we called it because it made the most sense and it works. But it's just the way they did it. The Escobar thing, they could have gone without.
2: Yeah. He could have just still been El Hilo Dave Phantasma. Mm-hmm.
1: So what was the main event of this? It was uh it was Adam Cole against what's his name? Dexter Loomis. Yeah, Dexter Loomis.
2: <laughs> Poor fucking Roderick Strong, still scared the whole day of time.
1: He was terrified. He showed him, he's like, he's right there, he's right there, look out, and all this other nonsense. I'm not liking just, that angle.
2: Yeah, that, that part kind of cause it's like it, it it wouldn't have bothered me if it wasn't the third time where fucking Moro goes, Oh, he was here. And it's like, yeah. What was the first again? Uh, the finish to be in basically uh last shot. Adam Cole goes over, but what made it interesting was what happened directly after because earlier in the night, Keith Lee had basically gone up to Adam Cole and made it clear, hey, he's coming for the NXT Championship, but he's not the only one. Yes, because, because... also
1: um, what's his name? Brian Cage also came out and cat and and challenged for it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Killer Cross, carrying Cross, that that guy came out. He challenged for it. Carla came <laughs> out
2: with an hourglass and flipped it over. I couldn't believe he said it. I was like, "Don't no, fucking why he did
1: it." <laughs> I'm trolling this <laughs> shit. Like,
2: out of again. <laughs> 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 anyway, you better be lucky. So he, it was he, funny, you fuck? He,
1: he came <laughs> out and challenged, and uh, we'll see what's gonna happen there. But this was Adam Cole's response to everything. Baby,
2: you did exactly I what we set did. out to do. I even have the hiccups, guys. This sucks. This sucks. Undisputed apologies for the what? interruption. Oh uh, my God. Qui- the quite, quite,
1: well, yeah. quite the week for you, yeah. Bobby Roderick, especially. Yeah, uh, yeah quite the week. I haven't us. seen my yeah. son in three days, and I miss him very much. And I got locked in that trunk, and I hate trunks. I know and we know you hate trunks. I'm very sorry, Bobby. You had to deal with that. So we're gonna. Is- we're gonna,
0: we're gonna need to go to therapy about this. This is not I get something it. that I can overcome very easily. All right. Well, then you <clears throat> know how I feel. Then, <laughs> then we'll take care of this, you guys. Okay. I've been you
2: know Hiccups are stressing him out,
0: and obviously dealing with Dexter has been a major priority. But now, guys, I got a lot of people gunning for my NXT Championship. I've had Finn Balor talking trash, mm. Keith Lee trying to get in my face, and now what? Karrion Cross going out and leaving like a
2: what's that thing called? Um – this the place stands, gets creepier. By whatever day. this weird, yeah, this weird clock, you. and they're trying to prove something to me. Like I'm gonna be afraid. It's like yeah. it's like they forget that I am the greatest NXT champion yeah. there has ever been. I've had this yeah. title for over a freaking year.
0: Yeah,
2: nobody can beat me. Yeah. I don't care if it's three on one. Nobody yeah. can
0: beat me. I'm the greatest. I'll sweat I'm the that greatness. guy, of course. We'll play not. Halloween somewhere else. Goose. I'm gonna eat okay, yeah. but we're gonna leave now. But I'm either gonna eat peanut butter or start drinking water upside
2: down. <laughs>
1: I'll, so, I'll hang you up.
0: this.
2: The hiccups freaking suck, yeah. They do, yeah.
1: yeah. Let Dexter Luma scare no you,
2: <laughs> yeah. let try hard and he'll do it till it works,
1: yeah. All right, guys, we're wrapping up here. Raw, real quick, anything stand out to you about Raw? I mean, uh. I'm going to go real quick, which just stands out to me. And I pray to God, maybe you don't have much more, but we had the Lashley Lana segment where MVP calls Lana a thot. And I that think that might be awesome. That might be the first time in wrestling that someone was called a thot. I think it was. Congratulations, MVP. I feel like that. I, I wish I had a cork or something to pop here and drink to that. He's like, he, I've never heard of you, you, you popped the thought cherry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that comment, but okay.
1: For anyone following me on Twitter, you saw that I I tweeted out Lashley, my favorite Lashley quote when he said, when was the last time you were more than a bunch of likes on social media, which I recommend all social media thoughts ask themselves. That's what I said on social media. And I'm turning such a heat on Twitter. Now
2: we're going to have thought heat.
1: Everybody hates me on Twitter right now. So I figure, fuck it, I'm double downing. I'm quoting Bobby Lashley. That's when you know I'm going for bro. They already hate me for inspirational tweets, right? So fuck it. How about that? Your social media thoughts. When is the last time you were more than a tweet? <laughs> I don't care anymore. I'm getting heat while trying to put my show together for a few things. Whatever, I don't even care.
2: Okay. I I welcome the thought
1: heat. Uh, what else stood out to me? Tozawa showed up again with his big black ninja, and I don't mean mm. that the way that it sounds on this show.
2: You know the bad part it, is I swear first to you, I, thought was a, said
1: I swear it was a big black actual ninja. A master of ninjutsu.
2: I was crying when he said that. I was like, oh my God.
1: You know, and he's threatening the Viking prophets. And uh, I love, I don't know which one of the fucking, uh, uh, which one of the Vikings said, <laughs> but it popped me. Well, what are we going to do, fam? <laughs>
2: I think it might have been fucking Ivo. It oh, might have been God. Eric. What are we going to do, fam?
1: He said to the, <laughs> those guys are awesome. I want that to stay that <laughs> way. Keep them all four together. Perfect. Perfect. They ain't
2: gonna last long because they made the announcement. They're fighting for the tag tiles, in actual match next week.
1: Whatever. The Usos are new, they are still friends.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe yeah. they to beat the shit out of each other and then have a steak afterwards. Huh? Uh,
1: I did. It, I did enjoy seeing Dominic get his hands on Rollins during the Ramas promo and the disciples getting away. They were trying to foreshadow. Uh, I guess they were trying to tease us that Dominic is part of the, the the freaking cult or whatever, but he really wasn't and he showed his yeah. thing there and it was interesting watching like ray he's watching worry like the whole time go back and watch that segment that's what did it for me dominic's running around he's throwing people between the ropes he's jumping he's escaping and the whole time ray's on the tron just with a worried face like oh no oh oh he oh had, no. he oh and when that he finally gets when, away ray's like oh thank god he got away like it's like funny he, watching someone he, watching he, the tron he had that look when
2: you know it's the, it's the finale of your favorite horror movie He's like, oh did. shit! Oh god! Dude. Is he gonna die? Oh god! Oh Jesus! He made it.
1: Yeah, and uh, and uh, what else did I? I guess the big main event thing was the fact that somehow r truth managed to arrange it for there to be a WWE Championship match where him and Drew McIntyre have to fight MVP and Bobby Lashley, and if they pin Truth or Drew, either way they're gonna win the world title.
2: It was supposed to be both belts on the line, winner take all, and then like Drew was like, "Take care of it." This motherfucker was like, "Okay, we got it to wear just your titles on the line." Drew had this look like motherfucker.
1: They didn't lose any titles though, right? Because no. he switched it. Yeah, so he, they could have had two titles if he would have originally. Left, if Truth would have left yeah, it alone. He would have. They would have had the, all those titles, you know.
2: Yeah, originally, if they, if they would have left it, uh, if Lashley's team would have won both, Truth and Andrew would have lost their belts.
1: Man, they blew it. <laughs> Obviously, that's not the direction they were going to go in, but in, within the K of the story, what a stupid decision. right. You could literally been crowned with everything, bro. What are you doing? Oh, my God. Yeah,
2: the finish wound up being a, a Claymore, but then a Claymore on MVP. But then Drew tags in Truth, and Truth goes over the body splash.
1: To think, look at that. Truth, after all the the, the weeks of ass walloping that this poor guy's getting. And I got to say, and now he's sort of asking for it, because before it's kind of like he just happened to cross through with Lashley and MVP. Now it's kind of like he's just seeking them out. Like, hey, assholes. things don't look so good for you huh (laughs) you know he doesn't even seem like he's (laughs) dumb anymore and I just seem like hey you fools look what happened to you
2: I just love how when he was trying to give his condolences and he couldn't figure out the word condolences
1: yeah condol condolences condolences nah nah dog (laughs) here's my
2: condiments (laughs) oh
1: too funny too funny I did like that. I like the truth stuff, even if it's with the Lashley stuff. And I even like the MVP stuff. It's mainly the Bobby It's mainly Bobby Lashley's involvement, even though he does the center of it, that sort of puts me off about it. Isn't it messed up that the guy who I'm least interested in hearing or seeing is the guy who's most involved?
2: Ain't that a bitch.
1: Yeah. No, it really is a bitch. But anyway, this is after the match here, apparently. Let's see what the hell happened. I'm sure there's more comedy Real. here. Our truth congratulations on your victory tonight. Uh, we need that, we need that, congratulations. Thank you, sir. Drew, coming off last night, Backlash defeating Lashley and retaining your WWE Championship. Now, coming in tonight and tagging with the 24-7 champion, Our truth
2: I-95 South, European.
1: Great, thank you. And um, <laughs> defeating both MVP and Lashley, talk about the last 24 hours.
0: Yeah, I mean, the match with Lashley. Was incredibly physical. I'm feeling it today. You know, I said I'm a fighting champion, and no matter what, you know,
2: I'm going to take on anybody. I did not expect this challenge tonight. Nonetheless, (laughs) nonetheless, it was a present, dog. It was a it was a present from (laughs) me to you. Yeah.
0: Well, I get it. You're you're looking
2: for me to to prove myself that I'm a fighting champion. You said it, man. You said it. That's why I figured it'd be best to put your WWE Championship title on the line. Okay,
0: well, I mean, we got away with it this time. Uh, how, oh, wait, I've got an idea, since I proved
2: I deserve to be WWE Champion, how about next time we put your 24-7 Championship on the line? I mean, it's technically on the line right now, but I'm watching your back. But we put it officially out there in tag match maybe next time. Just an idea. Drew, this is the WWE Universe, dog. I I'm not about being selfish. This is about you. This is about the WWE champion, fucking... dog. <laughs> I'm much obliged, but this is about Drew McIntyre right now. And you're a fighting champion. We'll
0: guess we'll guess I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Just please don't do him any, any more favors.
2: Look, we're even right we're now, square. Yeah. In fact, I owe you six. Just no, no more <laughs> <laughs> favors, please. No, I got go to no, I gotta go talk to him. I owe you six. I got to go talk to him right now. He, he, he's, no, Drew is not like that. I love how true just segue away from that shit. Like, no, nah, no, nah, man, this is about you. This is about
1: you. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: uh,
1: oh, <sighs> pretty terrible stuff going on here with that. But it was, at least it's entertaining, and I do like Drew as as a top guy here. It's a shame that this is happening now, and but it will it will get better, I think. And it, he does yeah. work.
2: He's um, been impressing more and more as time goes on.
1: The only other thing that happened, the most important thing, I guess was Randy Orton, legend killer has returned because he antagonizes Christian and challenges him to basically like a no holes barred, unsanctioned.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Pretty much non-sanctioned because they won't actually clear, clear Christian.
1: Right. And then this basically turns into, I guess what would be considered like a pretty shitty situation across why Christian didn't see this coming becomes a little bit questionable. Um, I know people that were watching were even shocked don't tell me what about this what's gonna shock you uh, let's just take a look here well, I guess this is afterwards okay so essentially what yeah. happened was a uh, Ric Flair comes out as a baby face but turns heel when it looks like he's trying to defuse Orton and Christian from fighting he low blows Mr. Evolution low blows Christian and uh, Randy Orton punts him you know I I don't know and this is afterwards this is the network exclusive where Orton's watching Christian's body being taken away.
2: Yeah. I love how, like, concerned he is. Like, he you didn't know, just take this man's head off, like, three seconds earlier.
1: Can I help? Can I help? Can I help? Yeah. And then, like, no, just get back. You can't help. You want to hold but what the rope right
0: An apex predator has its favorite prey.
1: Poor Christian.
0: What we're seeing tonight is the return of the legend killer.
1: That says Christian being stretched out. This will be more heat for when Edge comes back. Which, by the way, the injuries is apparently something you can recover from between four to eight months. So we'll have to see how his recovery progress goes. That rules him out of SummerSlam, though.
2: Yeah, because that was their original plan to have them go against SummerSlam.
1: But In worst case, it also rules again? him out of the Royal Rumble. And apparently whatever the injury was, we're being told that it's not even something you saw during the match. They had a part that they wanted to retape. And that's when he got injured. On a second, second take that they wanted to do of something. You see what I want to talk about, though, is over-editing shit. Just let the thing be. You, you didn't even have an opportunity before this to have a second take. What, what do you think this is? What are you doing? A Martin for Stacey film now? We're going to have Robert De Niro and shit here and Joe Pesci? <laughs> But basically just him being stretched away. Yeah, that sucks. He's not gonna flip the stretch over. Are We gonna get one of those? No, the same of the file. Not right at the end. There's not enough time for him to flip anything over. It's just gonna be Christian being carried away. Christian, at last, you're on your own. When
2: you first started editing that song, and you can skip again. Yeah. You're on your really
1: rough, Rough stuff. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I think that is a wrap here.
2: That's all, folks.
1: That is all. We had a lot of fun. At least I know I did. I hope you did, too. That being oh. said. Oh, go ahead. Listen.
2: I was going to say, yeah. If you're not sensitive, you had fun.
1: Yeah, you had fun. Don't forget, guys, we have content throughout the week, talkbrunch.com. Also, check the other social media platforms we usually announce before we're going to go on. There's more to life than wrestling. We do lots of other stuff, and it might surprise you what interests you. That being said, thank you to everyone who hung out with us for the entire evening, starting with Emang, Willie V2, Stasis Dreams, Cooler Ice, Sugar Shane. George with a Z at the end. Clyde Nice. Thank you for the host also. Makazi Strom, which I know you're Zen State. You're the Zen State guys. Thank you for that auto host there for supporting us. Uh, Heady Vintage over on Twitch. Thank you, sir. Mark710 as always. Glad to have you here. Phoenix V. Silent Sword V. Enixion. Uh, Sorry if I'm getting that wrong. Schedgervoy. Danny Boy, 1783 Also those of you that were here for the post show Yesterday which concluded Clyde22, Weekly Planet A.K. Alley, TP, Astro Komodo Dragon, all of you listening on iTunes Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud uh, Podcast Addict, across all platforms There's no script to this so sorry if I forgot you Ladies and gentlemen you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live As always this is episode 390 Hosted by yours truly Rick Dara, A.K.A. Captain Brunch For myself and Destin We are are out of
2: here. y'all want that shoot, so y'all better speak up. Shut it down.